Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jessica. I'm Mikey. We got it in seven. Good job. <laughs> is this the seventh? The I, seventh. I counted six. Um, it is the seventh take it took because I did a couple while you were oh not trickery, not focused in on what we're doing. Yeah, Someone think, has a case of the giggles. Jessica. No, it's you. You just did a whole. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, hi, Michael. Hello. How are you today? I'm okay. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, potentially, probably actual. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, I really uh, see the day this will drop, probably, right? Yep. Happy New Year's Eve, Happy everybody. New Year. I hope your uh, 2021 is like even slightly better than your 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and A future David Lynch project is in the works, so yeah. you've got that to look forward to. Sure, that's what I was thinking about. Um, okay, so this is big, big night. We just started the Twin Peaks The Return. Which yep. um, is a thing I'll point out, first of all. It, it's been commonly referred to as that. That's a thing that David Lynch had. All the titles you see on the discs and the return label is a thing Showtime put on it that isn't referenced anywhere and it is has nothing to do with Mark Frost or David Lynch. They didn't call it that. Okay, well, and that is... It's always just called, like, formally from, like, from... Executive producer Sabrina Sutherland and Mark Frost, David Lynch. This is Twin Peaks season three. Okay. And well, it's Showtime picked it up and started calling it The Return, a limited series event. All those like tack on things are all Showtime. Story. Well, and it's interesting because when you see it on like IMDb or something similar, it's always it's it's a, a separate, separate entity, and that's all. That's Showtime. Story. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which, yeah, for what it's worth, this came back in 2017 via Showtime, mm -hmm. uh, which was roughly 26 years after it went off the air. Correct. Um, And wow, it was a whole ordeal. Like, to get. To get this made, like, there was a whole. I don't know if anyone. We should find. I bet there's video. Of that somewhere. I don't know if you want to take a note of it or something, but because um, this was getting like Showtime agreed to this or whatever they had it, it was in the works. And then, hey, we're going to make, you know, Mark Frost, David Lynch are collaborating. We're going to make a new Twin Peaks season. And then they started butting heads with the studio, they being David Lynch primarily, mm-hmm. who was set to direct everything. And David Lynch was saying, basically, I want full creative control, and I want this. I want Final Cut. I want it. I mean, and I want it to be as long as it needs to be. I don't know how long this will be yet. And I, it sounds like Showtime was going in, looking at the script, and saying, okay, this is eight or nine episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, David Lynch is looking at this script and saying, no. Because everything, it, you know, we I need to spend a good six and a half minutes of a guy staring at a empty metal box mm-hmm. or empty glass box. We that's several minutes. So all that is to say, this is going to drag out. Yeah, so at he least wanted, double whatever you have yeah, in mind. He wants it to be significantly longer. And then there was all sorts of, you know, 
this is kind of a gamble for Showtime. This is whatever, all of it. And then similar to the show getting picked up in for season two, it was a fan thing. Like the Mm -hmm. fans were, you know, in the past it was writing letters. Now they were blowing up the Twitter. They were on, you know, hitting up Showtime via emails, all sorts of stuff. They struck a deal. And so it got pushed back about a year Mm -hmm. after all that. Um, So it should have come out 2016. It should have come out like 25 years later. Right. And so they they missed that mark, which isn't. Uh, not a big deal. Um, so, but it, there is. It would have been cooler if the show came out. I'll see you again, in tw- especially oh, with the opening of this of show course. being directly showing you that right. again. I'll see you in twenty five years, and then boom, it's twenty five years later. Like, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I before we dive in, I just kind of want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about our experience watching this for the first time. Um, oh yeah. It was well. Mikey was saying while we were watching it that you remember watching it the night it came out, the mm-hmm. premiere, and how shitty it looked on the Showtime stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks not like immediately mm-hmm. like the difference of quality. It, I yeah. I I mean I talk about it all the time. Physical media is infinitely better than any of the best stream like. Netflix seems to have the best algorithm for uh-huh. streaming at the highest quality, especially if you're getting a 4K stream, mm-hmm. which is still usually a, pretty. A, good. A, a 4K stream is slightly less good than a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Then there's 4K Blu-ray, which is even better than all. Right. Like it's just, it's just not as good, uh-huh. and it's not as consistent, and it's just because you know it's the nature of everything. It needs to be compressed in order to stream it that's just how it works it's the same way like everyone who's a purist who loves vinyl Uh recognizes how much better vinyl sounds versus an mp3 which is compressed yeah it's the same it's the same idea to sometimes you know if if people are watching shows streaming or whatever that's fine and i get i will watch shows too that are on to watch them as they come out and whatever but it's it just isn't as good Mm mm-hmm well, yeah, for Christmas, uh, Mikey got me the complete box set of Parks and Rec because they are no longer on. Yeah, they keep taking them down yeah, from and here and moving them to Peacock here. And yeah. Mikey knows that that's a favorite rewatchable show of mine. So, But the only ex- version they had where you could DVD. buy the whole set is DVD, and it looks like garbage. Yeah, it does look like shit. But, but I will never not have access to, exactly. to Parks and Rec again, which is as long as we have a DVD player, which or sure. a Blu-ray player. I mean, I've still got VCRs. Yeah, like, that's not a problem. It's, it's not going anywhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, so oh, so anyways, when this was coming back, so we, had, we had a party. Mm-hmm. Um, we've I, mentioned this before. And I already dropped in pictures when uh, yeah. Leslie and Jeff, who drove up mm-hmm. to Chicago from Louisville to, to watch Yeah, we us. set up a little photo booth where we had like photo booth props, which were... We hadn't seen any of season three yet, obviously. Yeah, so, so it was all references to the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Have You Seen This Man poster mm-hmm. and Miss Twin Peaks pageant poster. You had like 37 of the Owl yeah, Cave Rings. Yeah, had Owl Cave Rings made up. Uh, they were like little plastic rings. I wouldn't rings. say you had them made up. You well, like I bought little plastic rings and put green stickers on right. it and drew the Owl Cave thing on it. I had a Miss Twin Peaks sash, mm-hmm. Double or Diner, like. And I had like, just. Like those paper hats, yeah. like those 
Diner and I hats. Had just gotten you for Christmas that year um, a log pillow. Oh yeah, like the yeah, log ladies. Yeah, we had that in there. A whole bunch of plastic. I had like just a roll of plastic. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Um, the, the secret diary of Laura Palmer. I had yeah. a percolator with a stuffed fish in oh, it. Oh yes, we don't want to talk like, about yeah, that because a, it was a dory fish, yeah. and I definitely brought a that bunch up of a bunch of things to do. And some people showed up in costume. Mm-hmm. Some people showed up in half-assed costumes. Some people showed up in no costume. Yeah, there was a few gals who came over, friends of ours and like friends of friends mm-hmm. who like wore sort of like. A mildly sort of fifties looking schoolgirl, right. and like Todd with. showed up semi Bobby Briggs ish. Oh yeah, I like about he that. had a leather jacket, really perfect, and then just tied a flannel around his waist. Bobby Briggs, Bobby done. Briggs nailed it. Um, but what <laughs> what I want to what I wanted to bring this up is there was probably maybe ten people here. Um, maybe a little many. little more than that. So I would say, I'd say yeah. Um, and we have we live in a townhouse, and so there's it's not a basement in a traditional sense, but it's a like a basement well, it's, room. It's the house is like a split level yeah. with a third floor. Yeah. So yeah. So you walk in from the garage, and there's like a little basement room that Mikey uses as our little movie theater, um, and that's where you know he it's put up. That's where like yeah the, sound, the good TV, and, yeah. the surround sound, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so there is, and that seats four comfortably and then like what there's a couch and a yeah. armchair three seat couch and a little yeah recliner and chair and then upstairs in our like living room area there is a big sectional couch that mm. we got when we returned all of our wedding china and got a couch <laughs> instead because yep. what the fuck do we need with china and how often do we use that couch literally constantly um anyway and there's a lot more seating there and yeah. it's a bigger space it's a smaller tv it's got windows so it's not as mm-hmm. whatever and so we said okay anyone who wants to like really sit and watch the show go downstairs all the lights will be off we'll be quiet we will be watching yeah. the thing anybody who wants to like drink and fuck around come upstairs and hang out with jess yeah and i was pretty sure it was gonna be 50-50 split maybe leaning toward me up like everybody's like oh who fucking cares like the show I came on. for Let's the pie yeah. yeah um it was me and Leslie and I think Todd was up there Todd was up there with the us and it was just the three of us and like 10 I people thought... were downstairs well cause, yeah cause like we knew everybody who came except for the one of Jen's friends. I was going to say Jen. Jen brought, Jen brought a friend who was just like, wait, someone had, like, it, it was like fight night tickets or something. Like, you you know someone who's got, who's show- got showtime? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I go? Can, do they mind? And I was oh, like, it's an hour fuck- drive from the city? Yeah, fucking bring it right. on. Yeah. So that was but, a ton of fun. But yeah, that was a really fun breakdown. But yeah, it was, I had my seat because obviously. That's my key seat. And then we filled that up. Um, and then it's just people like on the floor. Jack just got like a little like recliner Jack, chair. Um, uh, Jack's wife was up here. Holly was with okay. us up here. And he sat like, I think he was sitting on the floor for part of it. He's like, I don't care. That's fine. He was like, like parallel with the TV, like right up in front. Like it was like front row corner yeah, if you're yeah, in a yeah. movie theater. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Worst seat in the house. But he's like, but this is where no one, making sure no one's talking yeah. and shit. I, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was... It started, I think, with Jasmine and Leslie, and then, like, a couple people trickled up, and they're like, actually, I forgot. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, And we, we or, were watching it, to be clear. I, th- I think that's what happened with, like, Todd was, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And kind of migrated up And Todd and everybody, through. so I think he was, yeah. like, into hanging out. And so <laughs> what I remember very, very specifically is it was so many fewer people upstairs than I thought. We, like, we were watching mm-hmm. it upstairs. It's not like we weren't watching it. We were just 
we're not going to like turn the lights off and shut up because Leslie and I are incapable of doing that. Um, <laughs> there's one part that, and if you've been watching this, about halfway through this episode is when the guy and the girl, um, Tracy and... I don't think they ever name? say his name. When they get like stabbed a bunch. Yeah. And if I remember right, because we were streaming, your TV downstairs was a little bit faster. Like it was oh, like five really? seconds faster. And so <laughs> what I remember is like the whole thing happened. They start getting stabbed and they show them covered in blood. And I just yelled, what the fuck? And I just hear like an uproar of laughter from downstairs. Because it clearly was like already in the blackout. And you yeah. could just hear me in the dead silence like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that I remember watching... So we're outside Chicago, and the Bears were in the Super Bowl in 2006? Uh, Is that six? Seven? Yeah. When they, they, they went up. I think up, it was a junior, yeah. so it would have been 2006. And we were at my friend. My friend Lance had him, and he lived in a full house, a big house, with his brothers. Um, yeah, that's right, because it's the 2006-2007 season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're both right. Just putting that out there. I mean, I was before, right? <laughs> so my friend Lance had this house that he lived in with his brothers, and they had two TV situation. They had a full basement and the upstairs TV. And again, I don't. This is this one I don't understand because it wasn't streaming; it was cable. But for, it's always been like that. for some reason. Yeah, the the signal is just on like a you know seven second delay one from the other, and we knew. So those were the rules. Was like. Which is really hard to do in sports when something big happens. Oh, sure. To like try to keep quiet until the other TV catches up, up, which I don't remember which one it is. And then to start that Super Bowl, Devin Hester for the Bears ran back a touchdown. That was the first play of the game. And I remember being downstairs and a bunch of, just a bunch of people sitting around going, like, yeah, biting yeah, yeah, their yeah. shirts and being like, mm-hmm. like, and then, and then, and then you start hearing, go, 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 upstairs. And then everyone starts getting to erupt yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I uh, but, watched that particular yeah. Super Bowl that they played against the Colts in mm-hmm. Muncie, Indiana. The yep. only person wearing a Bears jersey. And, and you had th- those four seconds I just described were the fun. only part of the game that was worth watching if you're a Bear fan. Except for the fact that like when you're in the room of mm, 15 Colts fans in Colts country and they return a kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yep, kickoff return for a touchdown. I could not cheer because yeah. I would have been murdered by a yeah. bunch of bum- bumpkins. Yep. That's right, Indianians. Bumpkins. I love you, Indiana. No, I don't. It's a worse fucking so, state. Anyway, so. Take Mike Pence back. I. It's, it still gets me a little bit. So we jump into this new season. Uh, of Twin Peaks, not not the bear season. We don't care about that. Um, but they they really really knew what, what we wanted to see, what you needed you what you needed to see. And then now I'm going to tell you the story I want to tell you now because mm-hmm. he if he had just jumped in with this glass box story. Or something like that. I would have thought I was watching the wrong show. Right. <laughs> and you can't, like, we, we're in fucking New York? Yeah. We, uh, why are we not in Twin Peaks? Mm-hmm. But, like, it starts with, you know, a, a re-edit of the I'll See You Again in 25 Years, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. And then, like, legitimately goosebumps. I still get them every once in a while when 
you're looking at the Laura Palmer picture, mm-hmm. the title graphic that says Twin Peaks comes on and you hear that main theme kick in. That's so good. And it's, I didn't know what I was missing this long. Cause I've been, I spent the last 25 years talking about this right. and, and, you know, just discussing it or theorizing or whatever. Yeah. It's always been kind of there. And to see, holy shit, I'm about to get new stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, for and it me, and it hits you with reality of like, and it's now. Mm-hmm. It, I it was like chills. It was I incredible. Was deeply nervous when this came out because I tend to. Uh, we kind of talked about this last week uh, in regard to Harry Potter. Of um, like, I never read anything beyond the books. I never mm-hmm. watched anything outside of like the books in the original movies because like. I just don't need to be disappointed. Like, I yeah. have the little world that I love, and I, I I, am afraid that the more they add on, the shittier it's going to get. So I was deeply concerned that this was going to be, like, mm-hmm. objectively bad, and you were going to be so bummed I, about it. The, the thing is, because it was... The thing that always... Because I remember hearing about... Like, also, they, quote-unquote, announced that this project was happening... In 2012. In <laughs> the most abstract way mm-hmm. which was on Twitter Mark Frost who's pretty active on Twitter and mm-hmm. David Lynch who's not no he hasn't a he's, Twitter account say, but he's not very like, active but the two of them simultaneously tweeted that Gum You Like is going to come back in style and the Twin Peaks Twitterverse lost their goddamn minds I remember that day yeah do you remember I want to see when it was um, because I feel like I have a specific. It was like fourteen, I think. It would have been probably fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Okay, because I, I remember working at Brapton and it came out during the day, right? The tweet. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know that I saw it as a tweet. I think I saw it in the aftermath of it. I saw like the article saying like, "Hey, this happened, and people are losing their minds." October third, twenty fourteen. Because I was never a of a, a very what day. Uh, October 3rd. Okay. Um, I've never been a very active Twitter person myself. Oh, I am following him. He just never tweets. Yeah, he doesn't do much. So he said, and I presume Mark Frost said the same thing, Dear Twitter friends, colon, that gummy like is going to come back in style. Hashtag damn good coffee. Um, Yeah. And yeah, people kind of lost it oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god it basically just like yeah is is that for real like the two and the fact that the two of them said it mark frost and david lynch because that was a little bit of beef is that fire walk with me mark frost had nothing to do with mm-hmm. so that was like a little bit of like okay well is david lynch because because Mark Frost never gets the credit he deserves for being a, no. a huge player in the Twin Peaks universe. Right. It's always looked at as David Lynch's project. Sure. Which he's got the most identifiable influence, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. And he's such an interesting character. Sure. Exactly. So the fact that you know David Lynch kind of just stole Twin Peaks to make Fire Walk with me without Mark Frost. Sure you know, kind of rub people wrong, potentially, including sure. Mark Frost. You know what's wild, though, is that tweet 
in 2014. And now, God, can, do you mm. remember that, like, point in our life? We had just gotten engaged. Yeah. It was, like, the day after... That's two days after my birthday. Like, we were in the thick of shit. And then this happened. We're like, oh, okay, there's more now. Yeah. Um, it only got 13,000 likes, which does not feel like enough for something of this. I guess Twitter, uh, David probably David Lynch probably doesn't have a huge... No, he has 3.3 million followers. I don't know. But a lot of that probably came relatively recently like yeah. post that like i don't know i mean it's anyway. it's you know i don't know point being it it showed you from the gate you know out the gate that mark frost and david lynch were working on this together mm-hmm. and that's what got people excited and that's same thing sure. when, when it was mark frost and david lynch together were writing it and david lynch is directing all of it mm-hmm. i i you were on board. I was. I. I knew it, it couldn't be terrible, uh, and and he was getting control of his pro the project. I sure. I. It's in David Lynch's hands, and he's never, he's never really let me down. I'm not a fan of Dune, but it feels like he was kind of sabotaged by studios, and all of that was kind of an ordeal. And he was still young and figuring himself out as a filmmaker and all this stuff, but. Uh, I don't I mean everything else he's done I've I've at least found incredibly interesting Mm -hmm. so I knew that this was I knew it was going to be different Mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily looking for a continuation of Twin Peaks I Mm -hmm. was expecting it was going to be very different Mm -hmm. and it certainly is Mm -hmm. Um, but I I had full confidence that I was going to love it just because of who was involved yeah um, I do want to note before we move on, <laughs> David Lynch starts all of his tweets with dear Twitter friends. Mm-hmm. It's very charming. And he it seems like he only really announces stuff on there. Yeah. He doesn't use it for, right. for whatever. Okay. So so we start, as as Mikey said, in the in the red room across from Laura Palmer. She says and they recreate that, right? Yeah. I'll see you again in twenty five years. She does the snap and then she does the meanwhile gesture. This way or this way? This way. This way. We're, we're both Good podcasting. Yeah. Um, all right. 25 years later, an aged Cooper without his FBI lapel pin, didn't notice that, sits across. Yeah, that's a, a whole ongoing, something to take note of mm-hmm. if you're watching this as the series goes, series goes on. Um, it's inconsistent when it's there and when it's not there. Oh, interesting. In a seemingly in, meaningful way. In the original series or in this? No, in this. Okay. Every, when they cut back to him when he's in different locations and stuff like sometimes he has that pin sometimes he does not and it's interesting you know there's all sorts of theories about why and whatever sure. but he doesn't always have it and it's it's curious mm-hmm. um, so he sits across from this is a man resembling the giant so I don't know if there's more He's, information yeah yeah it's the same actor it's right. Carl Stryken or something I don't know Carol. how exactly it is um, and he's credited in if you watch the credits, he's just credited as like, question mark, question mark, question mm-hmm. mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Which is so weird yeah. and like... But you recognize him as boy. being the same person who played the giant. what we always refer to as the giant. Mm-hmm. Um, he points to the sounds of a phonograph. And then he and so he's speaking in backwards talk. Cooper is speaking forwards. Correct. Um, but he, there's certain times where Cooper's blinking. Yeah, is, I noticed that too. Is still reversed. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's there's something. I have to think yeah. that like doing that kind of thing is much easier in 2017 or 2016 than it was in 1990. And digital, 
that's what I meant. Watch it, it, watch it back. How yeah, it look? That's what yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the same thing we talked about, like talking backwards, and how Michael J. Anderson, who played the man from another place, mm-hmm. um, had to teach everyone how to phonetically do all this. And now, now it's just if you watch all like the behind the scenes footage stuff that's included in the um, the Blu-ray sets of it, it's like people talking into their iPhones, yeah, and yeah. replaying it back to hear it, and mm-hmm. then just phonetically saying those yeah. things it's perfect yeah and it's just so so much easier to do so um he points to the sounds of a phonograph and then he says it is in our house now and it cannot be said aloud now and then he tells cooper to remember 430 and richard and linda two birds with one stone he tells cooper that he is far away and then Cooper disappears. Yeah, in like a weird pixelated flicker out. Yeah, thing. and it's a, like seemingly like 1990 effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this out the in, gate, this is in black and white. I can't remember. Yes. Okay. Out the gate. Here's a bunch of clues. Awesome. That's what we loved, Write right? Down, yeah. Okay. Write all these down, and then. Oh boy, you're in for a treat <laughs> with how these do or do not play out. <laughs> I'm actually so. This is the third time I've seen it through. The first time was like one week at a time. Mm-hmm. The second time was right before we went to Twin Peaks Fest. Okay. So it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, uh, and yeah, I'm, that was 2018. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to like rewatch it one at a time and like actually because honestly I remember so like I remember bits and pieces I remember so little of what happened and well, I was very disjointed it's disjointed and there's no one through line really there's kind of is but yeah no you weren't I, really I, introduced I, to it today sure um so and that's that's a lot of it is that a lot of this show didn't have um a specific order like it oh. like, like they filled the, the they had all these storylines and there's the you know and then there obviously things converge but there's the Twin Peaks storylines there's the Buckhorn North, South Dakota storylines there's the upcoming um, Vegas Vegas storyline um, the New York storyline mm-hmm. there's all these like things happening and there wasn't uh, it's also worth noting that. Uh, when this first aired, you saw the first two episodes. Yeah. They gave you the first two up front, and actually they ended up giving you two more. But th- when they premiered this, because they premiered this like in theater, like uh, they had a big premiere like, thing. I think Sundance. Yeah, and they had, Cans, they had the first two episodes connected as like mm-hmm. a feature. Yeah. So you really got the first four episodes on night one if you wanted to watch them all. If you had four um, hours of Lynch under your... Right. Um... But anyway, they gave you they gave you a lot out the gate. Um, but basically, kind of what he does, and if you kind of once you watch it all and kind of take a step back, every episode kind of has its own emotional arc. Like there's like each represents an emotion, kind of. Okay. Like there's like like there's one episode in particular that's like it's really violent. And this is kind of a, you know, and then there's episodes that are very hopeful. Like, mm-hmm. all this is the hopeful part in all of these storylines. We're going to time them up to be in the same episode. Oh, I see. Or things like, like there's, there's a lot of that happening. And so I think 
a lot of this was like, well, we don't necessarily know where to start. We could start anywhere. Mm-hmm. But let's give you, you have to pick a certain like number. there's there's a lot of thoughts that say this scene that we open with this not the recap version of Cooper and Laura mm-hmm. in the red room, but yeah. this sequence should actually be in the last episode. Hmm. Or the 17th or whatever, somewhere in, in between. I think it's people are a lot of people are saying between 17 and 18. Interesting. But it's but things like that. Like so there's this whole series kind of jumps around a little bit in time. Things aren't always chronological, so keep that in mind and mm-hmm. and I think the lapel pin when we mentioned could be a clue to that mm-hmm. about, you know, when things take place. It's all very interesting. I I don't have a lot of theories myself about a lot of this season. I really I love it. I will say that outright. It's very different from the other, but I just I I watch it like an emotion. Like I I like to watch it all as just taking kind of the it. Way in. You watch like Tenet. You said that. Yeah. Of like I don't try to figure it out and make I, it make sense. Just take the ride and enjoy the visuals and, and everything. You tend to be pretty good at that. Of like even if this isn't a movie I'm interested in, or even if this is a nonsensical movie, like you tend to like to take the ride of a movie or like yeah. absorb yourself into. And I'm and I'm curious for my own. As long as they, like, the key is that you have to be able to tell that they're not trying to, like, because the one thing that, for me, a really bad movie is a movie with, like, where they beat you over the head trying to be like, look how cool this twist is. And you're like, no. Well, you don't like being spoon-fed shit. Right, right. And that's true in your real life either. Like, if somebody asks you to do something, you get, like, Mm -hmm. really on your heels about it. Yeah. Um, I think you'd like to figure shit out for yourself. and Yeah, that's probably true. Um, which is probably, honestly, why you like Twin Peaks so much. That's, that's a big yeah. part of your personality Of is you don't really like being told what to do. You like to figure out I mean, the maybe. Right I don't do. know. We don't know. I'll have to figure it out. Don't tell me what I like and don't like. Don't forget to call your dad for his birthday. God damn it. <laughs> My mom did that the other oh. day. She texted me and she's like, Will you send a note to Dad thanking him for the Christmas gift? And I was like, at that time, I'm going to see him in three hours. Can I yeah. just wait and talk to him in person? It makes me, I, yeah. But, I, oh, and it makes you bananas too. I can see how annoyed you are in your yeah. face, and it didn't even happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, this, this is oh, very no, much no, no, a no, show. You interrupted that... what I was going to say. Okay. I'm excited for me. Okay. We're going to talk about Jessica for a little bit. Uh, no, I'm excited for my experience watching this because I feel like in the last year, maybe two, I've gotten a lot more into, not non-narrative necessarily, but like slower moving, like mm. submersive kind of thing. So I'm thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm thinking of, I am thinking of, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which of course is narrative, but like very. Sure. Uh, but it's. It's the type of movie, you know, Portrait of Lady on Fire is, or some of these other things where it's like, pause the movie at any point in it, it's and then look at that frame and tell me picture. what are they trying to tell you in this single frame? And why? Is and this there's a story in it, yeah. like, like that to me is a, what makes, mm-hmm. and and then if you make up a story that isn't what the the filmmaker intended yeah who gives a shit yeah if it works for you that's art i feel like there was something else because we did we watched synecdoche new york 
But I thought there was something in between there that I was like, I'm really into this sort of like dream logic. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just it's just something I've enjoyed more. I think I'll probably cut this out because it's not interesting. I think it's because it separates how. And not that books can't be non-narrative or books can't be whatever, but there is something very specific about how movies can do like a sort of non-narrative thing, but it's still art and it's still beautiful and it's still like it doesn't have to tell an A to Z story. It's just because you're there, you're looking at it too. In addition to being told a story, what's interesting about film, and this is this is one of my favorite things about film as a whole, mm-hmm. as a medium, is I'm trying to put this into words properly. Like the way you know, well, like, oh, a linear story. You know, you're reading a book or whatever. You know a story. This point leads to this, which leads to this. That's your narrative structure. Mm-hmm. What, I, what film has a narrative by way of of you have now been watching films long enough to know the narrative of film as a medium. Like, how are, are you telling a story? How are you telling a story? If, okay. oh, you're going to a new scene, you're gonna, first thing you're going to do is show me a wide shot of my location. Sure. And if you don't, if you start with like a close-up of somebody's eye, mm-hmm. oh, what is that telling you? Now all of a sudden I'm in their point of view. You subconsciously know all of these film tricks. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I when you so. see things that start breaking those rules and, and deviating from that narrative structure, it stands out to you as being interesting. And you don't necessarily know why. And it's because you're breaking all of those film rules. Yeah. And I, yeah. And there's just something about, like, I've, I feel like the last half of 2020, I've been all about, like, dream logic shit of something doesn't necessarily. Well, it's because it's, it's, like, it's a point of view thing, too. Like, you're always seeing a film from the point of view of a, the camera. Okay. Who's... You're seeing through a different set of eyes. So you're always a voyeur. Okay. But you're but what you're seeing, you, the viewer at home, what you're seeing, you're seeing through the eyes of someone, quote unquote, else, mm-hmm. which is the camera. Mm-hmm. And then the director and what they're choosing to show you. So it's always you it forces you to internalize. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a painting, you're always looking upon something. A film, you're always looking through something. Interesting. I mean, wouldn't you argue that a painting, you're looking through the artist's eyes? Like, how is a painting different than... I, think, I mean, you're always... That's the thing yeah. with storytelling, is you're always... It's, like, it's, I, it, it's not that it, I don't yeah. believe in objective truth. It's that I don't necessarily believe that somebody can tell a story objectively. Um, right. Okay, I'm gonna think because I I feel like I feel very sure there was something else besides. Well, it's and it's a little bit like the way the missing pieces. Yeah, it seems to somewhat tell tell a story. 
even though none of it is directly related. Sure. It's a bunch of cutout. I just watched today, I watched a documentary called Camera Person. Mm-hmm. It's by Kirsten Johnson, who also has another doc out this year called Dick Johnson is Dead. It's very, very, very good. Okay. Um, but basically it is, she's been a documentarian and camera person for other documentarians for 25, 30 years, something like that. Relic was another kind of dream logic. Oh, okay. Um, and she basically took all this footage that didn't get used in all of these other projects Mm -hmm. and just cut it up kind of like missing pieces that was like i'm gonna show you a boxing match in brooklyn Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go to bolivia and and show you this story about um and it's just like you're not seeing stories you're just seeing scenes and these little snippets all over the world and i saw this people for 30 seconds and i'm emotionally invested in ways I don't understand because of the way the camera sure. is being used. Sure. And it's fantastic. I highly recommend camera person. Um but we should get into the episode. Yeah, we haven't because we that. have not. No, we haven't. We're doing our best. Um yeah, we're only thirty six in minutes into this. Okay. Um so then we have our first scene with uh Dr. Jacoby. Uh so we this the shots of the Pacific Northwest are so beautiful, beautiful and so beautiful. lovingly filmed. All like, of the establishment shots in this entire season gorgeous. are incredible. Um, and so we see a trailer and like obviously somebody's kind of living in this area. Uh, a, tr- a flatbed truck drives up, pulls in, and the trailer door opens and out steps Dr. Jacoby in these big like... Blue blocker sunglasses. Like, reminds me of my grandpa. Yeah, the, it, they're designed to fit over glasses. Yeah. Um, and so he stands there and, like, does his little establishing shot, and then he pulls off those glasses, and he's got the red and blue glasses under so it, and it's just it's such a wonderful it's reveal. It's a perfect... Okay, you want Twin Peaks? We're back in Twin yeah, Peaks. Yeah, this and, is Twin Peaks. And he knew he wanted to start... He, David Lynch, wanted to start this story... The, this season-long story or whatever in this New York glass box stuff. Uh-huh. But I can't do that. I can't go to New York first. So let's start in Twin Peaks. What's the first shot we should see in Twin Peaks? Mm-hmm. And this is perfect. Right. It's a character we know and love, but also it isn't he seemingly all that relevant to he anything. Tend to push plot along very hard. It's just, it's a, it's a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Also love that Something that this show does this season is your primary characters are older than 60. Mm-hmm. Which, how many shows do you watch now? How many movies do you watch that star primarily people, you know, who are senior citizens? Where it isn't like the fucking bucket list or some like they're about to die. Yeah, like it's. I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of movies about men in their sixties trying to find redemption from you know their family or whatever. That feels like a pretty. But like in their Irishman is what I'm thinking of that I've never seen. Yeah, but they're played by the also Irishman came out well after Twin yeah. Peaks. Like honestly, I think in the last few years this opened the door. To a lot of older actors working again. Because no one cared to see old people's stories that aren't about them being old. Yeah, I don't know if I agree. I, I feel like old white dudes have plenty of say in in cinema. Like, 
I mean, we we've seen we've seen the May December love story a million times. It's good as it gets. Uh, May December is like older guy, younger woman usually. Yeah, but that's a younger person. That's that's who's falling in love with like Jack Nicholson for some reason. I don't know. I I, I don't necessarily agree with you. I think there's a lot of older working actors in this show that isn't about them being older. I mean, I think you're. I think you're right. It's great that like this. This really these people's stories fun- are important too. Is what it's this feels like. It's not fundamentally about them aging. It's just we're seeing these characters. It, but it is. There's also there's an an element to that overall in the show about the things you love mm-hmm. evolving and aging over time and how they change and yeah. things like that. But anyway. All right. So we get our beautiful establishing shot of New York City. Oh. So, so gorgeous. Um, and Peter it's Deming. fucking New York City. Who thought you could like film it in a yeah, different right. way? I, that... there, something about the second, there's like a three shot um, establishing. establishing. There's the really wide, then there's like kind of the more overhead, then there's the pan up the brick, mm-hmm. dark brick building. Um, But that very first shot is mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. It's really striking. Um, oh, okay, we do have his name. His name's Sam Colby. Um, he's sitting. Oh, yeah, they did. They do say Sam. Um, he's sitting in a kind of warehouse on this. I I really like. Yes, it lasts a very long time, but I kind of enjoy it. How the the kind of dichotomy of he's sitting on this like mid century modern couch with like cute little table lamps next to him. There's like a little succulent plant now. Like it's, it's a bonsai tree. Oh, it's a, a nice bonsai little tree? callback to. Okay. But, like, it looks like a little home setup. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting on this, like, love seat. And he's staring at this big industrialized glass box with a dozen cameras pointing yeah, at it. Yeah, a bunch of wires underneath blinking. Um, and yeah. and it's empty. And they haven't, they haven't even, like, broken down, like, the boxes this equipment came in. Like, the cardboard boxes are all just piled oh, up are in the they, back. Oh, I didn't notice like, that. Yeah. Um, so, at one point, like... It says, like, camera three or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he go, gets up, changes an SD card in one of the cameras. Um, like, for it, a while. Like, gets oh up, walks takes, across. It takes opens it, as long swaps as it's it, taken us to get to Walks back part. to the thing, puts it in the box, closes the box. Every all step he takes. Exactly. Um, it's a lot like the, you know, Del Mibbler in the bank. Right. And, of, yeah, we're going to watch you walk back and yeah. forth. Um uh, he sits back down, uh, and then he's called out. His name's called out for a delivery from uh, Tracy Barbarado. Barbarado. Didn't know she had a last name. Good for her. Uh, who has brought him a coffee. So she's went carrying like a little coffee tray, two disposable coffee cups. She has to go back into the room with him. And there's a security, security guard. guard, thank you, outside. And I, I don't know if this felt lynching or something, but I really enjoyed this weird like, can I come in with you? And he's like, nobody can come in. Top secret. And then she looks at the security guard. Nobody can go in. And like, he's deadpan. Like, the security guard has no not, no emotional reaction. This, the Sam character's odd. So odd. And in she's a way that like, like <laughs> she's a human person who's walked into like, this, like. Yeah, but it, all of this is playing on the fact that, like, I came in expecting Twin Peaks what, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is this? this? Yeah. And he's yeah, just playing with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, is is this kid going to kill her? Mm-hmm. Is, is, wait, who, 
why are we in New York? What is going on? Like all of it. He's just he's just toying with uh-huh. you. And I love it. So he turns her down, um, takes one of the copies. Oh, takes both the copies, I think, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Um, he starts to put and he keeps calling her Tra- Tracy? Tracy. 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 You're a bad girl, Tracy. Oh, that oh, I did not care for that. Can I join you? Damn. Tracy, I'm sorry, but no one can come in here. How much do I owe you? Oh, no, no, I I got him for free. I can't come in? That's right. Shoot. Top secret. Ooh, now I'm so curious, you're driving me crazy. In fact, I gotta go back in. I'll stop by on my way in tomorrow, if I can. Okay, or if I miss you, I can come back tomorrow night and bring coffees at the same time. Thanks, Tracy. You can have them both. Thanks, Tracy. You're a bad girl, Tracy. Try me. Yeah, he keeps calling her by name in a way that I found jarring. Yeah. Like, like, a, good like to the point where, like, it's the type of thing TV shows do to make sure you get to her make name. sure, like, okay, I need to know her name. Mm-hmm. No, don't. we don't. You super don't. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, I think he exploits that later because the stuff at the end with uh, Marjorie. Oh, uh huh. And then they're talking when they're asking, they're like. Oh, go! Hank has the keys, but then he's talking to Harry. What? What about Cliff? To Cliff's, and they just start names, bombarding names, names, names. you with names, and, and none you of them nine, are relevant. Anyone who calls nine one one, Armstrong smelled it. Like, yeah, Armstrong's my dog. What? Yeah. And they just keep flooding you with names, and none of them mean a mm-hmm. goddamn thing. And it's great. Um, so it, it's just subverting things that you yeah subvert expectations become subconsciously used to in the form of filmmaking storytelling mm-hmm. uh, so he puts in the code uh, to get back in the room she's looking over his shoulder and he like looks back like you're bad Tracy in a way that made me feel deeply uncomfortable um, he uh, so Tracy leaves Sam goes back in the room with his coffee sits back down and watches gl- and th- this whole thing when he's in that room mm-hmm. Everything's very symmetrical. Like oh, yeah. he's staring straight down the barrel of the camera, and like when you look at the, I'm, I, I might like I'm not the only person, obviously, but like symmetry is so visually satisfying. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And so when you look at that, yeah, and, and there's like, moments even when he's moving back and forth to like do the SD card. The, there's the one f- moment where there's an overhead light in the box, and the way the reflection is where the camera stops, it just like lines up, so yeah. it kind of goes into infinity. It's just a. Yeah. It's all very and like all of like the the lines of the box, like the shape of them, are parallel with the frame itself. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all yeah. You look, you look when you see the camera. Like I love that shot when you look down the barrel of the lens and the camera is filming, mm-hmm. and you're just looking right through the camera, and it's like this weird like we're watching each other yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's I like. It feels like a statement about us as as TV like you're being viewers. a voyeur right now. 
Well, but like he's he's just staring at this big glass box, which is what we do as humans. That's oh, all we do sure. is just sit there and stare. Nothing is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Nothing is important, mm-hmm. and we just sit there and stare. Yeah. And then someone says, "Change the channel" or whatever, and mm-hmm. we get up and we go change the channel and watch this other which thing we're so supposed funny to watch. When and it sucks. Try to make that like, oh, we're just drones watching televisions. It's like, well, how do you think you're getting us this art dude like i was just talking today about i think the hierarchy of art is kind of bullshit of like oh you watch tv and you don't read like who fucking cares like i'll have to see if i can find it um phil one of the people who attended our party Mm -hmm. told me about future guest of the show hopefully yeah i hope so um he it was like an old teacher or somebody or I don't remember who the person was, but wrote a whole article about how low art is more important than high art. Or or equally like like talking about how something like you know, some like American pie is important for existence as the Irishman or whatever like well god what do you think he said there's this great great article or something and i gotta see if i can find it or whatever but it's i mean what do you think has made more of an impact on our like day-to-day lives you know uh, friends or some what you mean the show friends the show yeah no no your personal friends no friends the show or like I was going to say Citizen King, which actually probably did have a lot of cinematic impact. But, like, any... So take any of the last 10 years of Best Picture Oscar winners. Like, what do you think about more? The the sitcom that you've been watching for And that's why I think Twin Peaks is... And he is acknowledging all that. And he mixes all of that together so well to the point where, like, we're still talking about... Even without this new season coming out, we were still talking about Twin Peaks. There was still a festival every Every year year. that celebrated it. Mm -hmm. Like... There's no Friends Festival every year. No. You know what I mean? Not Friends Tours. No, no, Right. But yes, but but the, the yeah. point stands is that like how the medium I don't think affects impact or affects the quality necessarily. Of course there's garbage TV. There's also trash movies and trash paintings. But mm-hmm. like, anyway, I, I, ju- I was just getting into somebody who was like, oh, I feel bad because I don't read anymore. It's like fucking find art where you want to find yeah. art. Yeah. It, it doesn't. When you're taking, and it doesn't, anyway, it's just a kind of pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're back in the Great Northern. We see Benjamin Horn. He's sitting behind his desk. He still has his little Ben log. Which, Love by it. the way, if anybody knows how to make one of those, I looked high and low for about six months trying to find one for Mikey's birthday, and it did I, not take. I, 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 when, they, when I saw it there today, because I've thought about it too, I was like, I don't even know who is a woodworker enough who would know how to do that and I legitimately had a thing because after the fest I am quote unquote friends with Sabrina Sutherland on like Facebook oh uh-huh. and I thought about like she responds to shit pretty regularly uh-huh. I'm wondering if if I were to reach out to Sabrina Sutherland if she could tell me who they commissioned to get that log yeah because yeah. that would be awesome. Even though I don't have a fucking desk to put it on. You have a desk. It just isn't front facing. Well, but yeah, like I don't, I mean, it's, I don't have a big off, like even, sure. yeah. Um, but it's fantastic. Yeah, I probably reached out to 10, like anybody on Etsy who does woodworking, yeah. I've probably messaged you and you've probably been like, girl, no. Yeah. 
anyway, so Benjamin Horn is talking to Beverly Page, played by one of the Judds. Ashley Judd. Ashley yeah. Judd. Um, and tells this her... This is one of my favorite scenes in the entire run of Twin Peaks. Really? I love this the, scene. Start to finish? All of it. Like him and his brother primarily, but... I do love the shit with it's him. It's just and a great... I also Great I want to take this moment to say so far we've seen two characters in their like regular environment having aged. We've seen Dr. Jacoby, we've seen Ben Horn at this moment. The and, giant and but Cooper. But like but. a real character who lives in the world. Sure. Like in their environment is what I meant. Like we've okay. seen Cooper, but we haven't seen him at the bureau. Sure. Where I'm talking about like people who you see at work or doing whatever they do. And then uh, Jerry ben, within yeah, this scene. See, yeah. I feel like it's some of the most realistic aging of characters I've ever seen. I'm not talking physically. Like, of course Jerry became a full-on fucking hippie and, like, and wears hiking boots and wool socks and a hat and, like, 13 layers of pants. Of course that's where he went. Like, the Jerry we knew in 1991 or whatever. Yeah. Duh, that's where he went. Of course he's wearing weed. And I love that we're still questioning, is Ben Horn a good guy? Because that's where the season two kind of ends. Like, oh, he's trying to do right now. Well, he's back with his um, cigars. He does have cigars. But, like, he was trying to be good. Mm-hmm. He was trying to better himself trying at the end of season age. two. Was he? Was it honest or was he just trying to muck up the Ghostwood stuff? It, what's going on? And then now, like, he comes back and, and Jerry's talking shit. And he's like, hey, respect, buddy. Like, I st- you're still questioning 25 years later yeah. if Ben Horn is a good guy and yeah. I I love that I and, think that's a great choice and I and this has been like my fucking theme of 2020 I no longer believe in binaries I don't think a guy is good or bad and I think he exists right fucking smack in the uh-huh. middle uh-huh. I think he's done good things and I think he's honestly that's I'm I'm curious to see your viewpoint on this show this season because to me, that is the in, the the biggest, strongest through line of this entire series is find the middle, find the middle ground. Mm-hmm. It's polar opposites exist, and you need to figure out how to combine both of them to find the middle cup of coffee mm-hmm. or whatever. Like mm-hmm. this, and the big through line in this the series. The middle cup of is, coffee is oil, though, Michael. It's, that's the problem because because if you do only good, yeah, then it's at the detriment of the other end of it. So you gotta find a way to, you know, compromise and and make that middle ground and when it's important, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there's also certain things that like you shouldn't compromise on. Well, but, of course, I, it's yeah. not to say that like nothing is good or bad like i think there right. are people who like there, i think there are things that are certainly objectively bad i think most of the shit that we see and experience in our lives is like just oh this is i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going we're already at an hour who fucking cares we just watched the wonder woman thing uh the new wonder woman 1984 mm-hmm. and i am on a facebook group that's all about movies it's for the um the flop house podcast and people were talking about it, like what do you like what do you not like a lot of people didn't like it some people liked it fine and then somebody was just like, can we all just admit that this movie was bad? And it's like, well, no, absolutely not. Like, yeah. w- it doesn't have to be a good or bad movie. There were things I loved about it. There were things I wasn't crazy about. But, like, overall, yeah, yeah it did it, did, it, it did entertained me for two and a half hours in this miserable year. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel that, yeah, that's exactly, it's a superhero movie. Like, you can't, 
Yeah. Just, very few movies, superhero movies, have transcended. Right. And I just have a hard time, and you and I have talked about this a lot, I'm sure I've brought this up here, of it bothers me when people say something, and this is getting into, like, obviously subjectivity, but, like, it bothers me when people are like, such and such is a, like, right now, the cool thing is, like, Friends is a bad show. And it's like, no, it's it's just, it's simply just not. Like, in any way you measure it, it was successful. People still like it. It's still pretty funny. It's problematic as fuck. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. But, like, it's also something I've watched since I was 10. Um, and, like... And it's hard to but, but judge he, people from a new, you know, judge things in right. a new in lens. In 1996, so, yeah. it was pretty yeah. fucking progressive. Yeah. Not in 2020. But it's just... It's very... I think people think that when they declare something to be bad, that makes them somehow smarter and better because they're the they're the ones who understand what's good versus mm-hmm. bad. Anyway. I saw... Uh, there's a little bit of irony here because I'm quoting someone, but... Or paraphrasing, I guess, because I don't have the right quote. But John Armstrong posted a thing about... Uh-huh. Without saying the name yeah. of, of said movie of, of like... I find it troubling... When people say things like like a say terrible cliches like well that's two hours I can't get back Brother. or things like that about a movie's writing when clearly like wh- how would you, like where do you get to criticize the writing of like it's like the way he phrased it was much much more coherent and everything but it's that idea of like. Just just say it wasn't for you and move on. I mean that was that was like, a, what, the problem was the problem is not even the opinion itself. It's the fact that we've given every goddamn person a voice, which I don't think is even bad necessarily. But I think because all of a sudden everybody can have their you know voice sent out to everybody they've ever met and not mm-hmm. met, it's. And I also think there is something very trendy right now of shitting on things that people yeah, like. Of course. And that's, I think, super obnoxious. Because, like, what, like, yes, art is a mirror to reflect society. Art is somebody, like, making you see things from a different person's perspective. But also art is, like... Entertainment. Entertainment. And it's yeah. the pinnacle, I think, of what we are as a species. Like, what the fuck are we doing if we're not creating <laughs> something beautiful? I, there's something I find very entertaining, too, that the same people who are dogging on the new wonder woman mm-hmm. are the same people who love joker which in my I, personal I've never opinion seen it. wonder woman 84 was entertaining i i think it did have some problems with like setting up and obeying its own rules i think the rules were problematic they're not problematic no, but no, they no, were right. troublesome uh, yes. like they were uh, inconsistent yeah like they well they just never th- firmly establish them and then when you think they're established they kind of did this other thing and you're like wait what yeah there was a bunch of that kind of stuff so there there were there were some weak writing points and some of the cg wasn't great i agree uh um, that was actually my a number one complaint I, like, and that was my that's my only problem with i was willing to overlook it in the first one woman mm-hmm. um but a lot of the cg is pretty bad yeah. Um, yes. But the, but I can overlook it if the story you're telling is. But I was just much more interested in the original, the first movie. Story. I loved the first one, but also sorry, really. Quick. But anyway, but they so those same people are the same people who love the Joker, which I thought the Joker was totally unoriginal. I I found very very little in it to be entertaining, mm-hmm. and primarily it was the score. I thought the score was incredible. Mm-hmm. 
And that's about it. And people loved it. People saw it multiple times in theaters who yeah. I knew. I mean, I yeah. know from the dog park, so, like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I just, like, I, it feels like a story we've seen a hundred times, and hey, I don't Daddy, care. Do, does anyone else's dog wake themselves up with a bark and then just stand in the middle of a room <laughs> and bark at a wall? Or is that just our idiot dog? She's an idiot. She's that's objective. That's we can all agree on that. Dottie is an idiot. Yeah. I, I mean, unless you <laughs> think there's a smart reason for her to be afraid of her own farts, in which case, maybe she, maybe she's on to something that we're not. Okay. It's been an hour. Hey, <laughs> hey, future Jessica who's editing this, I'm so sorry. I'm just really chatty today. Because uh, I always get to the one hour mark and I go, well, I'm editing. I'm like, why do we have to keep talking? I'm sorry, future Jessica. I'm chatty. Um, okay, so Ben hey, Horn. Jessica. Hey, is it future or is it oh. past? Um, so Benjamin Horn tells Beverly Page from the second fucking scene of this. Uh, gives uh, tells Beverly Page to give a refund to Mrs. Houseman for two nights of her stay, but not the full refund. He says he clarifies. Yeah. Sometimes I, I want to say like I get all of this from TwinPeaks.Fandom.com. Some of it I'm just remembering. So if I remember wrong, it's probably it's also I'm like it they. I that's what's interesting is that like because of the way this show is delivered, this fandom thing or whatever you're reading it off of gives you everything that happens in the scene detail for detail because detailed. we don't know what's important. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So this like. They have a little exchange that sets up that, like, oh, she works in administration mm-hmm. for the hotel. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what the scene is. But and it like, was kind of charming when she but yeah, was like, it's a cute little interaction. Was the skunk even, yeah, how did the skunk get in a room? Was it in a room? Skunk was even in a room. And then, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Jerry comes pounding in. It's his, so his good. His outfit is an A number one. It's Halloween so costume, good. if anybody and, is in the mood. And you've never seen a scene better cat. Oh, then yeah. him do this Jerry does this whole thing and then Ben just goes is that mother's hat <laughs> it's, oh, it's so good favorite. did you do capped as a pun on purpose no oh. wait okay wait we're gonna do another take did you do capped as a pun on purpose no <laughs> did I get it you got it was it better the second you time got it okay too. nailed it <laughs> um yeah, so what I love, and so they basically just talk about how we're, we've got we're doing twenty five years of catch up in a yeah. three minute scene. Ben's still working at the hotel. Jerry's sure. got a totally legal weed business. Totally recently, totally legal, legal, but also like apparently very successful. Yeah. which is kind of like a fun twist on it. He's like, oh, my degenerate brother who's into weed. He's like. No, we tripled our profits yeah. this year. Like, fuck you, too. Like, uh-huh. you think you're bad. And he, like, describes the banana, like, the weed banana bread that he's about with the, to. With the jam. With the and, jam. Yeah. And, just, like, describes everything, which is. And, like, basically then Ben tells him, don't get high on your own supply. It's bad business. And he's and like, ben hey, R&D, man. I'm doing research <laughs> and development here. Like, it's so good. And I love shit. Like, shit like this makes me laugh a whole lot because it's this weird intersection of, like, stoner culture and, like, business culture that like because i like weed was recently legalized in illinois and so like i have gummies and shit in our house 
but never in my entire life. Like, you can do, like, a combo or, you know, whatever. But the way people who are, like, into weed talk about it, the way, like, vintners talk about it, like, oh, this is a really good vintage from whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Does it taste like cherries? Because I bet I would like that. (laughs) Anyway, it was just a really delightful scene. And it established, okay. So So we've established the following. So much in, like, What's what's funny is the juxtaposition of this scene and the New York box scene. Yeah, which dense. This one's dense. The New York box scene is slow mm-hmm. and long, mm-hmm. and we don't understand anything. But that you're happened. locked in. This scene is bing, bang, boom, and we get a ton of information, and we understand yeah. all of it. I'm trying to go through so we know that Ben is still running the hotel. We know that Beverly is new. Mm-hmm. We know that Ben Horn fucks a lot of women whether or not they are married because or used to or potentially like he's oh I got the idea that's still part of his pattern because he says oh basically did you fuck her and he's like no she's married he's like hello hello okay uh, so we know that about them we know that Jerry is very successful looks like a <laughs> looks like how the GOP would describe a stoner <laughs> well it's funny because like the joke is that they're Ben and Jerry. Of course. And he looks like Ben, ben and Jerry. Jerry yeah. Like how you would expect Ben and Jerry to look. Yeah. Like, it's great. It's very good. Okay, so anyway, that's the whole thing. That was two sentences that Bring we just it. spent Next 45 scene. Go. minutes on. Okay, uh, Lucy. Here we go. Uh, We're back at the station. Lucy sits at her desk. Um, a man in a suit comes in uh, wishing to speak to Sheriff Truman. And she said, how does she say? I'm going to drop it in here. Which one? I'm going to drop it in here. Hello. I'd like to see Sheriff Truman. Which one? Which one? Sheriff Truman isn't here. Well, do you know which one? It could make a difference. Uh, No, ma'am. One is sick and the other one is fishing. Uh, It could make a difference. So she says, he says... I want to talk to Sheriff Truman. Sheriff Truman. But the way she says, which one? It could make a difference. Is that how she says it? Yeah. It's just very like, and she says it twice, which is another Lynchian thing. And she says it twice in the same. There's a couple things in this scene where she says things twice in the same cadence in in a way that like, it looks like they just took different takes and just shoved them together. And the best thing about it is that like, she keeps asking it. Okay. Like she's just like, you see how Ben and Jerry have evolved. Then you see Lucy has not the same same job. Same her phone look. is still a '90s phone with the big glowing buttons She's on the so bottom. Plain. She's manual solitaire. Manual next, solitaire next to a computer millennial sc- bullshit. But like next to a computer screen, like at least play solitaire on your computer. Manual solitaire is my next but, band name. But so she does. So she's saying these things and doesn't understand this guy coming in from the big city or whatever. And Spokane. he can is so confused because he's, he's, sure he's like, uh, I, where, what, what, what? He asked a question, he wants an answer, he doesn't want to chat, but but like, oh, which one? And he's like, what Sheriff, Sheriff Truman, is he's is he not here? Well, I don't understand what you're saying to me, and it's this weird, interesting disconnect. And I liked how he said, Sheriff Truman, which one? It makes a difference. I just want to talk to Sheriff Truman about insurance. Well, one's fishing and one's sick. Fucking tell me which one you want, nerd. Like, there's just something well, very, like, almost confrontational yeah, about it. Yeah, and it's as simple as, like, and she's just, Lucy doesn't. 
She's not care. Rich. Yeah, or whatever. But like all Lucy has to say is like, oh, well, there's two Sheriff Trumans. Mm-hmm. One is ill and his yeah. brother. T- and like which one are you looking for, Harry? Or are you looking for this not other Harry. Sheriff? Basically, it's a weird, silly Harold. roundabout. Harold. Or, <laughs> it's a weird, <laughs> silly roundabout way for us to learn there's two Germans. To to learn that there's another Her- another the Sheriff Truman. thing. And again, and like, there's so many. I I love that David Lynch reuses names all the time. I find it deeply frustrating because I, really I know, really I know, but struggle. like, like when you said that kid's name was Sam, I was like, oh, there was a Sam in Firewalk with me. That's Sam Stanley is Sam Stanley. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even now, it's the first time I've it's dawned on me that Harry is Harold. Or oh, there's, I was there's just doing Mike, a bit there's two Mikes, and there's Bobby and Bob, or, and yeah. like, but just so many like it's. I find it interesting. I. But anyway, we're talking a lot about this scene, which doesn't... We got the information we need from it. Let's yeah. move on. Okay, so he gives her a card and leaves. Um, okay. So we... Okay, I really enjoy... I'm sorry I'm saying okay so much. I, I really enjoy this introduction of... What do you want to call him? Dark Cooper? Most people refer to him as Mr. C. Mr. C? Okay. Because that's what is said to him when he enters Beulah's place or okay. whatever. So Mr. C. So this is this is Kyle McLaughlin um, in a like shoulder length. Well first you get that that like beautiful heavy, yeah, it's, that's, it's American Woman slowed down. So slowed down. Um, it's called the David Lynch mix. I yeah, noticed in the credits. He remixed it bring up, brought up the bass. It's and just the, all it's, bass. It's Really, really interesting. And you're just point of view of somebody driving a car through yeah. the dark. Headlights, headlights on the road, which is a shot Lynch uses in everything. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah, it's great. And it's a thing that used to. Cost. And he's in, and he's in like a really, really nice brand new Mercedes. Yeah. Like that used to be a thing. I I grew up in the suburbs, and then I went to school in in um, Muncie, Indiana, and I was so unused to driving places without any streetlights. Uh, that yeah. I would get kind of panicky. Yeah, yeah. Like especially I, when mm-hmm. I was like going out into the boonies to, mm-hmm. you know, make out with my boyfriend Ooh. or whatever I used to do. No, it was. I used to go make out with your boyfriend too. It was defo going to like a party at my professor's house because that was yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. Anyway, like it used to be very panicked because it's very claustrophobic mm-hmm. feeling because you can't see. And then there's that one you. car that flies by you because yeah. they're going like ninety, and mm-hmm. you're like, uh, anyway. So there, I find that that shot that David Lynch loves very visceral. Um, yeah, that's why he loves it. Uh, and so because he grew up the same way, he grew up in these like small yeah, towns. Like, yeah. uh, so so uh, Mr. C has like a a shoulder length black hair, Jack black hair, yeah, black jacket, black jeans, like all in black. He looks leather, tanned, leathery, really leathery, yeah. and he's wearing contacts. Black black eyes. Are yeah. they black or are they just very dark brown? I think they're black. They are. He okay. I Kyle think they're McLaughlin. black, but they have to be translucent enough to see sure, for him to see of through course. them. I, so. I, I wasn't implying he was blind during this. <laughs> I, I will say we've seen Kamala can play two characters thus far. He's going to play several more throughout this season. At least two more throughout the season. That's it. And he's so good I at know, I guess three, all of them. Yeah. And honestly, I... Yeah, three. He plays five total. Yeah. you Depends on how you consider things, but yeah. Um, I consider them the correct way. Five. <laughs> no, I, 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 I five is, I, I know the five you're referring to. Um, 
but it's it's really interesting because you at no point, especially when some of these characters interact with each other, mm-hmm. do you. I I I forget. It's I I legit like like people. I watched like Fargo season three, mm-hmm. and the you and McGregor McGregor's going head to head with each other, and I was like, this is you and McGregor playing two characters, yeah, and they're interacting with each other, and I get, and it's it's really well done, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like the CG and all that stuff is really well done, and he embodies those characters really well, but there's something about specifically Mr. C. That I forget is Kyle MacLachlan. You know, what it reminds me of is the movie Us. Yeah, same thing. Every they one of those people in it, Us, like it I think feels they do, like a different family. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah, um, and like obviously the hair and makeup helps, but he just has this like stoicism, this frightening Everything. stoicism. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Aiden Cooper's doppelganger walks in the house. He like cold cocks a guard. Uh, he goes inside where he greets Otis, mm-hmm. and there's a lot in this. I noticed in this first episode at least a lot of people just sitting settled in chairs is a thing i know i don't know why i noticed it and also a lot of like we're watching people sit in like in a very still position you wonder where this place is because it also seems to have a callback a little bit to like he looks over at the one point and there's a little person in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and a very tall person Mm -hmm. which is obviously representative of the mm-hmm. the man from another place and the giant, the giant yeah. and like there's a lot of these is this an ethereal like well, and location it's the We're, first like, place thus far that we haven't had an established right there's I mean, there's we no know well there's no title like there's that's no like this could be any we got right. new york new york we know it's twin peaks because it's twin peaks right you know uh, we get south dakota in a minute mm-hmm. or south or north dakota unclear so, south they should merge, if we're all being honest with ourselves. They only need two senators. Um, and, yeah, anyway. So, um, he incapacitates. But he knows everybody except for you got to get a new guy at the front door, you know the whoever front that door. guy is. Like, he knows Oda, Otis. He knows Beulah. Like, mm. he comes looking specifically for Ray and Daria. Uh-huh. It's, it's interesting. So the guard enters again once he's sitting down, tries to attack him. He knocks him he knocks him out in a way that like you get an idea that he's like superhuman. Yeah, he he yeah. This absolutely. wasn't just like a whatever. He like he's took overly his... strong and seems to have a spidey sense. Yes, exactly. I mean he did come up to him pretty slowly, but his just sort of like whip of yeah. like I think he hit the gun and then punched him. Or grab the gun? Uh, he grabbed, on the way in, he grabs a gun and punches him. Mm. And then when he comes in after he's sitting down, he just kind of grabs a gun and bops him in the face oh, with okay. his own gun. Okay. Um, it's like a rifle. Yeah. Okay, so Beulah enters and the doppelganger and Mr. C asks her for Ray and Daria. She calls him out and they leave with the doppelganger. It's a world of truck drivers. So these are, I think the First, are these the first two people who we have met in person? The the actors, Rain and Daria. Uh, or I mean, Kimmy Robertson. Boys oh, Kimmy Lucy, Robertson, but... of course. So yeah, um, this when we went to and the Kyle, Twin Peaks, we met Kyle. We did meet our person. I called him Mister McLaughlin. Got, he appreciated. We got it. drunk and talked shit. Like legitimately, we're like jabbing at him for fucking Flintstones. It was great. Oh, we've already told that story. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's great. And he's so kind. And like in my head, canon, we're friends still because he seemed I to like me. I he does he does seem he's. I mean, I'm a deeply likable person, so I don't know if he liked you as much. 
Oh, probably not. I'm, I'm less likable. <laughs> I did call him Mr. McLaughlin a lot, and he made yeah. fun of me for it. Um, but anyway, so uh, we're probably going to bring that up a lot more because a lot in the Twin Peaks 2018 fest that Mikey and I went to, it was obviously right after, mm-hmm. you know, a year after this and came Which out. was like, a, you know, for the fest organizers, an opportunity of like, oh my God, great, we can get new people. So there are. We got fresh blood. And all these like young people who play small roles right. that are like, yeah, like so. It's a lot of people like this, like Ray yeah. Dario, who we Ray met. Daria, uh, Melissa Bailey, who plays Marjorie, who we see in a little bit. Mm-hmm. She was there. Like, I'm gonna reach out to Christoph and see who wants to come on the show. Okay, he's got equipment too. He's got his own podcast. Well, he's the only one I feel like that I talked to that we were like we we hung with. out with yeah. Christoph. Yeah, yeah. He's a character we'll meet later. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so the reason I bring that up is this is something that is going to come up a lot more in season three that it's going to be actors that Mikey and I have met in passing mm-hmm. and we'll refrain from talking shit about anybody. <laughs> but no, 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 everybody, that's silly. Everybody is very nice and kind and generous with their time. Um, but also we don't like tend to like Yeah, I, or, I, we're not. I, we don't get starstruck very oh, no, easily. No, no, you don't get starstruck. I get deeply starstruck. Okay. Deeply yeah, starstruck. Yeah, I don't. One I... time, Mikey, let me tell you a story. One time when I was in... Uh, <laughs> I was doing a story, doing a story, doing a study abroad in London. I can cut all this out if it's bad. It probably is. I was studying abroad in London, and a couple of girlfriends and I um, took a, assuming a bus trip, maybe a train trip to Oxford to spend the weekend in like a hostel, and we we went to see some play that they were putting on, and we're deeply confused because it was all about it was all about like a British school, and we're like is a prefect like and it was just a lot of things of like oh you're not gonna get your stars this year we're like what the fuck are you talking about what is english school um and so the people in front of us during intermission were like okay this is what a prefect is this is what all the like what headmaster does and all this anyway we went to a bar afterwards and the act i was ordering a drink and the actor who was a college student like me was next to me ordering a drink and i like got flushed he wasn't handsome i was just like i saw you a second ago wow so, yeah, I like. So when you say you don't get starstruck, I I would be genuinely excited if I like the difference. You were excited to meet Kyle McLaughlin. I was excited to meet Kyle. Yes, and we, and it, and it was worth it because we had a conversation a little bit. Like we yes. talked. It wasn't just like, well, oh hi, can you sign this? Thanks. Gotta go by. Like we kind of had a little conversation, which was fun. Mm-hmm. And like to Same. me, that's the thing is like I don't care to see or meet any autographs don't mean a goddamn thing to me you bought me an autograph thing for christmas i mostly bought you the script i thought that was cool yeah um it's a hamilton script yeah <laughs> but also yeah you might like that more than me no totally but um, i was surprised because you are like an anti-autograph yeah i'm not anti like if i get an You're autograph like bid on an autograph I, Puck. right i'm 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 a if someone signs something because we interacted and they signed it for me. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. It's I'm never gonna like buy an autograph. Sure. That that doesn't mean anything. Except to me. for this year, I'll get a picture maybe or whatever. But like, yeah, I just don't. I don't get that excited. Kyle McLaughlin was kind of cool. That was fun. 
I was fun and it also was a different And Kimmy Robertson was a delight. She's a, a s- absolute sweetheart. Joy. Yeah. I mean, I would argue almost everybody we met was yeah. was oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The ex- the only exception and this wasn't on him, this is just me being a fucking weirdo is when we met Carol, I cannot think of his last name, plays the giant. Yeah. And we had just seen before we went to Twin Peaks Fest Gerald's um, game. Gerald's game, which which is incredible. Very good. Very good. Really, it's on Netflix really good. original. It is it's a Stephen King short story. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And he has a spot in it and fucked my shit up. Like it genuinely scared me down to like my soul. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw him and I was like, I just want you to know like I, you know, I was thirty-three or whatever at the time. I was like, I just want you to know I'm a grown ass woman and I saw Gerald's game and you ruined my life for like a week. <laughs> and he was like yeah okay like not also I don't think his English is great no and I also like who the, why does he fucking care about some grown ass yeah. woman who's yeah. afraid of a movie he was like, also one of the ones together, charging Jess. the most for autographs did he did we get an autograph no or we just got a picture right? I, didn't, I didn't get any autographs from that trip oh yeah no because we didn't wanna we took some pictures but like most okay. people charge for that but we yeah. have to get back into the stupid <laughs> which show. in hindsight I should have paid for because I think like that's part of the why they go I yeah I don't think they get paid oh just like you should have gone to give them money yeah yeah I yeah, should have that's fair and my for me it was like I'm not paying for an autograph okay but I should have because that's kind of why they that's do this yeah. yeah and uh, that's yeah I actually didn't think of that until just now yeah. either so you but. know um whew. all right so what show are we watching um, okay, Sam changes another camera card and is brought up and is brought another delivery of coffee from Tracy. Yeah, this is and he's wearing different clothes, so this is presumably that next night. She mm-hmm. said she'd talk about she'd potentially come back the next day. Uh, and when he walks out, the security guard is not there. We presume he's gone for just a little bit because he says you're gonna have a hell of a time getting back out. So if he co- what he just says, if if he comes, no one they don't know where he is. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, right, but he's the, not just not there. If for he comes evening. back, we don't know if right. he'll be able to get back out. And she says, you know, let's take that risk. Um, so uh, Sam takes Tracy into the room. They sit in the couch together. He gives us a little background. He says he doesn't know who owns the building. He says some anonymous, anonymous billionaire. billionaire. Yeah. Um, which is. An interesting mystery setup, kind mm-hmm. of at the beginning. Now, okay. I don't think I appreciated how many like mysteries are set up at the beginning of this. Yes, yes, and I think this—that's a great one. That's who? Okay, who's the anonymous billionaire? I know. Oh, good. Um, Do you know, listener? Well, and then the first—the <laughs> first rich thing you see is Mister C's stupid, expensive-looking oh, Mercedes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking the first rich person we see is Ben Horn. Or Ben Horn, but he seems to be stagnant rich. Not a billionaire. If he yeah. was a billionaire, no, you're right. you're he right. wouldn't a still be in. a different thing. Yeah. Um, so they... Uh, so he admits he doesn't know who wants a building, and he says his job... The last job's, guy saw something. Oh, did he say? Oh, I missed that. He said his job is to watch the glass box for something to appear inside. He says he's doing it for school, I think. Just extra money. He, yeah, extra money to pay for school. So he's just a random student. Yeah. Tasked and he with, said the last guy said he saw something but couldn't say what it was. He's not allowed. Like, oh, okay. Like, it's all super secret. It's not secret. Yeah. All that. But basically your job is to change the, the tapes in the camera or whatever, the yeah. cards and... Yeah. 
see if you see anything mm-hmm. and then confirm it. So if we have videotape of something, you can confirm. Yeah. I do feel like this Sam Tracy story is a little like male fantasy-y of like she's desperate to get in to see him Mm -hmm. and then when she does they kiss once do you want to make out okay they start making out and then she stands up and full on strips naked Mm -hmm. which bless her heart that means she's been going to this place for however long wearing her sexiest underwear because that is not shit a girl wears just like running errands you don't wear a matching thong and bra to like she the the dress thing that she's wearing has that same z logo as the coffee cups so oh, she's oh so that's coming straight from work regardless what but she's that's what i mean she's wearing is. that shit to work so she can go see her right. yeah um anyway so she full-on strips so this is is this our first step into like our territory from twin peaks because i think that's sort of an interesting difference between Twin Peaks OG mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is like it is not rated so yeah. we're gonna probably the first one I mean you get some cursing and you get yeah some nudity and and graphic violence yes um and so she strips she he strip he <laughs> they do take a even this takes a long time mm-hmm. like she slowly not even slowly strips she just it, she has a lot of buttons on her dress she has to get down and so she fully undresses and then he like takes off his shirt and then takes off his t-shirt and then mm-hmm. unbuttons his but what, like it's there's so an, there's slow. an interesting thing though that i like which is and this a little bit of this is just kind of the horror trope of uh-oh What's morality the tale, kids who have sex are gonna get Always. it but also there's a thing that i enjoy that like she does this big like standing up and uh-huh. dramatically removes her clothes it's a wrap dress so and well but like and it's rough. showy, and her it ass isn't just is right I, in the camera. I stripped this off. It's it's showy. It's, it's performative yes. for yes. him. Yes, 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 yes. And he never looks. Oh, he's looking. He's like he's, got her. He's eye to eye the entire time. I liked time. that a lot. I noticed that yeah. as well. I li- I I love that. Yeah, I liked that a lot as well. Um, so they start having sex, and as they do, all of a sudden the box starts becoming opaque. Yeah, it gets like fog, black fog. Black fog, yeah. yeah. Um, and then this ghostly, this describes this ghostly figure. I'm going to try to describe it and I want to sure. see how you. Uh, what I see is a humanoid hmm. nude aberration. So it's vaguely humanoid. It has a head and it has limbs in a in a body but its face is sort of um not missing. blank it, it's kind of missing it's, it's missing it's almost, That's exa- it's I was almost say, sunken. it's like sunken in um and it's but it also appears to be um woman it does feel there appear to be breasts and there's no genitals no, there's no well there's no, no testicles gen- yeah um, <laughs> um so there appears it appears to be a humanoid woman figure. Yeah. Yeah. But unrecognizable. Right. Um, and, and, it, then, and it's kind of scattering over itself. It's kind of blinking in yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like a bad transmission. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And then it breaks out of the box. Mm-hmm. And like, also the sound it makes when the first hit was thunk is Ooh, it's really good boy. when it when it first jumps. It was at you. jarring. Yeah, it's insane. good. It's good. Um, and it kind of emerges from the box in a way we don't 
quite understand. It's not as if there's a wall that breaks. Well, it breaks. Or does it, does it, it shatter? It, does that, it physically yeah, you, shatter? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't notice that. It breaks at um, front, front And then wall. they both notice. So she's on his lap, and he sees it, and then she sees it, and then like, step, 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 step. There's, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, and them filming this scene, there's a whole behind-the-scenes of it. It's fantastic because they look back and they're in fear. And then the way they react to all of it is, I want to say it was David Lynch himself. Maybe it was just during like the setup of it, but during the actual take, it was different. It is a guy with little blue tennis balls on a stick and he's just poking them. (laughs) He's just standing there going, gag, 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 poke, 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 poke. And they're just like, ah, like horrified. And he's just poking them with these little blue balls. And then they just obviously cut that out to make it this mistiness all around them. It's terrifying. Bloody. (laughs) And it's just like, poke, poke, poke. (laughs) It's great. It it, it made me think of, there's a scene in, is it Breaking Bad when somebody gets shanked in the... um, in the prison, and they like shank a bunch of people at the same time. Is that Breaking Bad? That might be something else. Anyway, but like in prison, when you shank somebody, it's like a little probably a toothbrush or whatever. So yeah. you have to like stab them a bunch. Yeah. And so when you're when you're watching movies and you see somebody get stabbed, it's always like overhand, like God, yeah. the so, one. But in real, <laughs> whatever show we were watching, it's just like there's no Breaking Bad. Prison. Are you sure it's not? I don't remember. I mean, I there's nobody a... in prison in Breaking Bad that I can recall. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But there is a timed, a timed, yeah, a timed murder, and somebody's in prison. In something, I can't remember what it is. Like a bunch of people get murdered at the same time. Yeah, I. Departed I, does that. I think wait, that's not what I would have remembered. Departed. You said it wrong again. Anyway, the longer you pause, the more I have to cut out. The Continue. shorter this stupid episode will be. Um, so, so they're dead. Later. Okay. Now, we're in Buckhorn, South Dakota. So they're in an apartment complex, which is a hotel. It looks like our old apartment. Yeah. Which was a converted hotel. A hotel converted apartment. But just apartments. like the way that the numbers were like to the side of the door on like big plates it just oh. looked very uh, hotel esque. And there was a bunch of. Anyway, maybe. I, I, to me, it looked very much like sure. they dressed up a hotel, which is fine. Who fucking cares? Um, but th- I mean, that's that's a lot like what our old place looked like. Yeah. Uh, we lived in a converted hotel yeah. in Uptown in Chicago. Um, so we meet Marjorie Green, who. Is this her only episode or does she come back? She's in. Or do you want to at spoil least it? one more. Okay. So Marjorie Green, she's walking in. She's got a teeny tiny chihuahua. 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 You remind me today of a small Mexican. Wow, wow. Do you remember we made Lee and Amanda watch that because we thought it was so funny? We thought no. they would like it. That's a true story. Um, her dog Armstrong, who's like this little tan Chihuahua, um, she notices this smell coming from the apartment of Ruth Davenport, and she like bangs on the door. She immediately runs home, um, calls the cops. Oh, and- geez. Oh, jeez. Oh, geez. Oh, no. Um, she calls police officers uh, Olson and Douglas. Um, they write to investigate. They ask her about it. And I, okay, as somebody, and you work with, I don't work in customer service anymore. You still are a little bit customer facing. 
There is something that is somehow both exaggerated and exactly correct about how this woman talks to the police. And how they deal with her. It's yes. great, too. Like, the one guy's a little bit fed up. The other guy's incredibly patient. Mm-hmm. Or, but even I'm thinking of, like, uh, on the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is what happened, and uh, and Ruth isn't here, and blah, blah, and Armstrong's spent... Armstrong's my dog! Like, yeah. just giving you all of the details they can muster. Because I used to work for the Chicago and Tribune, all the wrong and I would details. place... Yeah, yeah, and I would place um, uh, classified ads. So it was exclusively 70-plus people trying to sell their refrigerator or whatever, and just wanted to, like... Tell me all about how their husband died six years ago, so they don't need a second refrigerator anymore, don't but it's care. been sitting in the garage, <laughs> and I'm like, can you pay me $12 to place this ad in the yeah. Tribune? Oh, you don't want it online because nobody's online? Great. Thank you, Ruth. Um, Ruth is this person. Anyway. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and I actually absolutely adored this sort of sequence of events that happens that... Um, so Olsen and Douglas, they go to investigate, ask her about um, any individual who might have a key to Ruth's apartment. She says, the building manager, it, oh, thank you, Dottie. Dottie's playing with her Christmas present right now. It's a raccoon with 17 different squeakers in it, so you'll hear a lot of fun noises. Um, so they, she says, oh, well, the, the manager is out of town, um, but his brother also has the key. Oh, Okay. Where's his brother? Don't know his brother, but the maintenance guy, the maintenance guy is, probably other, yeah. knows it. So they go talk to the maintenance guy. And he's guy in the and hospital and not the sick kind. Like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And then they find this guy who's very like, who the fuck are you and what yeah. do you want with me? And then, so all this happens and everybody's confrontational. They're and like, they're we just up, need to yeah. get into up this and place. Down and they're up trying and to get a locksmith in. And then she comes out like, oh, you don't think they're out of town, do you? Because I got the key. I, I got, got the water key to the water the plants. plants. Yeah. And they're like, and that's that's the whole sequence I was talking about where you get seventy five different names. Mm-hmm. Yes, and none of Including them. Including Armstrong, many times. You get well, you get Armstrong and Hank and Henry and Harry and Charlie. I think Which are, Hank, Henry, and Harry. I think are all. <laughs> well, some, but like well, I, they might not even be right. The point is because I don't remember because none of them matter. Right. Um, but and especially when we're and he's, doing and he's like, using the guys on his phone using like the biggest damn like phone you've ever seen. Like there's a there's a through line of technology in this series mm-hmm. where it both works to be incredibly what efficient at what you want it to do, but also like what the fuck is that giant phone? What the fuck is the the computer that she's using later to look up? fingerprints and it's like running on like the first windows yeah. ever and there's like a whatever but like i mean imme- i do think that's immediately thing that happens pu- with like public but service like, stuff but there's also like there's this idea that david lynch has that like i see it in things where it's like old timey technology but then like just does whatever you need it to do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like, like seen a let's few not things. waste our time with like figuring out the science of any of this. It's just like it does what you need it to do. It's fine. Yeah. I feel like there's a few things lately that we've seen that are like, oh god, you know what I'm thinking of? Oh, I'm so dumb. I'm thinking of Streets of Fire. Oh, as I was like, what did we just watch? That it was like an ambiguous time. It's 1984, or whatever. Streets of Fire. We that need to movie. get going oh, though because I am starving. Oh, I forgot we have to eat dinner tonight. Okay, so Marjorie has the key. So they uh, get into the apartment. 
and they find a dead body. So they find it in the bed. It's covered in sheets. They see the the dead body. With a big hole in the eye. With a big hole in the eye, correct. Um, Hank questions Harvey. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hank is a maintenance man. Hank, the... Okay, so Hank questions Harvey, believing he sent the police to him, and they discuss a deal they made. This is the phone. Yeah, until Harvey hangs up. All right, so same location, new scene. Constance Talbot, which is, do you know that actress's name? Jane Addams. I like her a lot. I love her. She She was just in a, um, She Dies Tomorrow, which is a great movie that came out this year. Yeah, I I had that on my list. Um, I like her a lot. She's just interesting. There's just something about her that I find fascinating to look at. Um, she and she's the is she the coroner? She just like a coroner. CSI. Oh, she's coroner. Um, so Constance Talbot investigates crime scene. Pictures are taken. Um, Detective Dave McClay. Mackley. Detective Dave Mackley appears, and they pull the sheets out the body, which instead is a male they body. They also have a great exchange when he walks in, and he like puts his hands up. And she's like, ah, you're behaving to show that, like, look, I've got gloves on. Oh, oh, like, yes, like, yes, yes, like yes, these, yes. these are, like, which shows you that these are kind of just this small town police force that, like. Well, and they have we a don't, past. And we they don't know have these crazy, but we also don't have these crazy crime scenes. Sure. We don't get that here. Sure. But uh, I liked it. It's a good, good first exchange. And then mm-hmm. they're very particular about rolling the sheets down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they see. So it's a a disembodied head, mm-hmm. female head on the pillow, mm-hmm. with the and, eye missing. With, with the, the eye missing, like and then hole. they pull it down, and it's a male, an older yeah, male. Corpse. Which I also didn't even get right away. I didn't either. Like because they had the the leg folded over so that like you couldn't see see the penis. Yeah, and like yeah, I guess it's more hairy than a woman would be, but it also had a. a a hand across the chest so you couldn't tell if there was press. Honestly, if this was any time for David Lynch to go full on like graphic rated, yeah, yeah. Like, show me that D. I, I'm so sorry I said that. No, but like it's it would have been it more jarring. Especially since we don't know what Ruth Davenport looks like. Of course. Because when they pulled it, I was like, oh, she's a heavy person. Like sure. fine. And like, yeah, it because of the or just lay even if you don't show penis move that arm that's across the chest so that I can see that it's a flat chest. Or make the chest especially hairy. Something. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it wasn't, wasn't clear, clear to me. And they, they, you figure it out in subsequent I scenes. I definitely didn't see it probably until my second time through at least. Oh, really? It, it, I mean, I, I put it together, but I wouldn't have noticed. Right. Um. Okay. Uh. So, Log Lady. Oh. This is such... It's so hard to talk about this stuff. So, a little bit of heads up for this, or like um, setting the stage, I guess. They were writing the script, and they had all this stuff, and they wanted to do her, do work with her, and her do being... these, her, Catherine Coulson, and do these scenes. And she was like, yeah, absolutely, I really want to do this. Meanwhile, she has cancer and isn't doing well. And they're still writing the script, and then it was like... I can't travel. Like she, they had scenes written for her in Twin Peaks, and they were gonna do all this stuff. And they, and she said, I can't really travel. And so while they're still writing the script, they took a small crew ahead of time and filmed all of the Log Lady scenes with David Lynch. 
I think I think David Lynch was there via Skype. Oh, he wasn't there in person. I think I think that's what this David Lynch loves Skype apparently, which is great. Okay. Um, but I, they had this whole they filmed all these scenes to get them in. Make sure they had them. Well, yeah, we still to have make her. sure. Yeah, and she really wanted to do it, and like. Jeez. Everything she says, every time she says goodbye, there's... Oh, my God. It's so weighted. Like, she, she's... Goodbye, she's Hawk. so and like, Yeah, and, and like... she doesn't have any hair, like... Mm-hmm. And, but she still has the glasses, she and she's the got glasses. the, 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 the log, oxygen. The oxygen. It's, it's one of those things that is heartbreaking to see, because she's clearly, like, mentally there. Mm-hmm. And just her body is feeling mm-hmm. hurt. And it's... I mean, it's... But also, like, a beautiful... I'm... I'm I'm so glad that they got to do this because it really is like it feels like her own eulogy. Like she gets to give her own eulogy. How fucking beautiful is that? And just revisit this character that defined her in such a real way and was, from what I can tell, part of her family. Like Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. was fucking married to Pete, which you told me in the season finale of season two, Mm -hmm. which is. A lot for and me to do. And they got divorced and whatever. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but yeah, but, but it's, still, it's, it's all. But the point is, they did that, what, and she died before they wrapped principal filming. So, and I, I think it is done. It was with, it was smart that they did yeah, what they did. Or it we, was done yeah. with such reverence of Absolutely. every person, and every single person knew it. Yes, every person adored this actor. Every person adored mm-hmm. this character. It, it, it's, I mean, her and Lynch were best friends. Yes, it, it's. Oof. Oh my god, I almost started crying. Like yeah. the, just the the prospect of like losing uh oh, yes. yeah, the the fact that they were able to get this captured is delightful. It, and the, it, and it's and lucky. And then even someone who filmed his scenes months later after she had died in real life, the other end of that phone call is Hawk. Hawk was and he's doing all this and the way he reacts to it is like Can you imagine? He know but he knows. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And and like like the time he spends after she says goodbye, Hawk, and hangs up and he just sits there with like, I'm gonna soak this in because I know this is a beautiful moment. It's so, so good. Sorry, that one got me. It's just... <laughs> just thinking about if you've ever lost somebody who meant a lot to you. And I don't, God, I don't know her relationship with... Um, Michael Horse, mm-hmm. got it. Uh, but the I, I, I'm, you know, I'm obviously thinking of my friend who died of like, if six months later or a year later, you had a phone conversation with him, you know, in character or whatever. But still, yeah. Okay, sorry. This. <laughs> Oof! Wow, I wasn't expecting that emotion to happen. Margaret, what can I do for you? Hawk. My log has a message for you. Okay. Something is missing, and you have to find it. It has to do with Special Agent Dale Cooper. Dale Cooper. What is it? The way you will find it. has something to do with your heritage. 
This is a message from the log. Okay, Margaret. Thank you. Good night, Hawk. Good night, Margaret. Okay, we had dinner and I did some crying and now we're back. How are you, Michael? I'm fine. Okay. Um, so the next scene, uh, Talbot, who is... Oh, Constance Talbot. Talbot? Talbot. Talbot. Talbot's. Um, it used to be a store. Yeah, but I never knew how to say it. Talbot. Talbot. Um, Talbot analyzes fingerprints found at the crime scene. Upon finding a match, she calls Detective Mackley. Is that what you mm-hmm. said? Mackley? That's, this is what I was talking about, about like, she just opens up like super generic windows. Like one of the files on her desktop is just open. Ca- it's just a, a file folder called open cases. I mean, that makes sense to they me. You said own, that when you were watching it. But they have their own database of oh, some kind. Oh, it doesn't kind. just live on the desktop. Like they don't just like have a, like where anybody could just walk in and like. Oh, open cases. Click, click, Yeah, click. exactly. Like they have some type of security and firewalls and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, and it was a clearly, like, it was like a weird bastardization of Windows and Apple, like, because mm-hmm. it was like, you could see, like, a, a cheated version of the Windows logo, but then they had, like, the trash icon in the bottom corner, which Windows doesn't have. Sure. Like, it was just, it. it's, whatever. It's like, I don't care about this. This doesn't matter. Let's, it, we get the information we, we needed to get. Yeah. And, and he kind of let's remind us it. that we're in present day and not in right. one. They have anymore. computers, yeah. but whatever. Uh, she confirms to him that the head belongs to Ruth Davenport, uh, but there is no match on the body, which belongs to a male. Um, she right. also says that the fingerprints found it. So she said there's her fingerprints and then a ton of fingerprints from Bill Hastings, who's the principal at the local high school. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. So uh, Mackley goes to Hastings' home, arrests Bill, which is a fun. Um, it's a fun image of like, not rich, but like an upper middle class white guy getting arrested, and everybody's like, "Wait, you're doing what to whom now?" Because yeah. he's leaving, and the wife is like, "But the Coopers are coming over for dinner." The Morgans. Morgans. The Morgans, the Morgans are, coming are coming over for dinner. for dinner, and like that's just such a yeah. thing of like. These people have and no the whole idea thing what is this... like, wait, what? I don't get it. What's the joke here? Like you said, I was, but also like, they have this good relationship that I don't think they would have cuffed him. I agree. I would. He would have said, "Hey, come with us. Come with us." Because right now that he's just being brought in for questioning. Well, and also they said we're going to place you under arrest and they wouldn't tell him what for, which is defo unconstitutional. Right. It, they, there's no Miranda rights. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah, I don't remember Miranda rights or not, but I do know d- like at one point he specifically says what am I being arrested for? And he's he like, says, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that later. You cannot yeah, do that. That's yeah, exactly. not how the laws work. Right. Um, yeah, the whole like, like it's a little odd, but it's but also just like very sm- it, it seems like the opposite of what I would have expected. Of like, hey, this small town, they know each other. I would have expected, hey, something. we have some inconsistencies came up. 
Can you come down with us? Yeah. We want to talk to you about some things. Kind of like how they fake Leland Palmer in exactly a little like, bit. Like, oh, we just need a chat. Like, with yeah, you. let's let's bring it. And like, instead of like, we're arresting you and we're giving you the hands behind the back perp walk. Right. Like it's yeah, frog marching them out of there. And yeah, like, that's not. It's it's. It's it's strange. It's inconsistent. Especially considering, like, they said his fingerprints are all over the apartment, which is, like, understandable. Reason to bring him in for questioning. Reason to bring him in for questioning. It's not enough to put him under arrest. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's reason to believe that, like, he's probably fucking this woman. Or anything. It it just, it's, right now he's just wanted for questioning. Mm -hmm. He's not a suspect in anything. Right. Like, they didn't find a murder weapon with his fingerprints or anything like that. Right. So that's all a little odd. Right. So we're back at the uh, station house. Hawk br- uh, brings... see Andy the- for the first time again. We see Andy for the first time. Lucy enter. So we learn a couple background things. Andy and Lucy are either still together or raising a child together. You do see, when we first see Lucy, that her nameplate says uh, Lucy Brennan. Oh, does it? Oh, I Instead missed that. Lucy Murray. Oh, that's nice. Um, okay, so we're they're together. Um, and so Hawk explained to them what's going on with the log lady, and they have their adorable Did we, we, we got obviously distracted, but what we didn't mention is that in the log lady sequence is that she says to him, to... Yeah, I'll have dropped. I'll yeah, drop she, says she says to him, there's... Something there's is something, missing, and yeah. you have to find it. Has that, to do with Cooper, right. and you have to find it. Right. I'll, I'll it has to do with your in. heritage or something. I'll have dropped that in as the gap between our dinner. Right. Um. All right. Mackley interrogates Bill, and again, Bill is um. What's his face? Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. So he's investigating Shaggy or spoiler the murderer from Scream. I don't know. He. Just, this is one of the. I don't know why Matthew Lillard is it, but seeing him as like a capital A adult is like, yeah, time man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because Matthew Lillard just feels like mm-hmm. a perpetual teenager. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. Because well, like all he ever like his highlights were like you said, Scream, Scooby Doo, and like SLC Punk. He was like, I don't know what that is. Oh, that's a movie, but. It, he's yeah, he was a kid. Just, yeah, like he's he's the twenty-two year old who plays a high school kid for right. forever. But he's twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so Mackley interrogates Bill with Detective Don Harrison and Police Chief Mike Boyd. Observing, Hastings says that he does not really know R- Ruth Davenport, who is a librarian at the school, and he had last seen her a couple months ago. Hastings story lines up until there's a 45 to 50 minute gap in his activity. So it's basically, okay, what did you do this week? I was at school all day. This day and I... And like he plays well with the like, Ruth Dev. The name sounds familiar. Librarian? Oh, the, uh, librarian? the librarian, right? Yeah. Is that that Ruth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see her, everyone. We, we're from... uh, what's up? What's up with Ruth? Yeah. What's we're, going on like we're, we're cordial. You know, we say hi in the hall. You she know. works for me. Yeah. Um, and then the one gap they find is he says he has a meeting that lasts till nine at school. They got 9:30, pizza, nine thirty, and then he doesn't get home until ten fifteen, 10, 15 ish. Which it it seems to me like instead of his like weird panic of like oh, oh now I remember I gave Betty a ride home. Instead of that, it seems like oh. 
Well, well, yeah, the meeting went till 9.30, but we were kind of hanging around, meandering a little bit, and I didn't leave till 10 o'clock. Right, exactly. Like, it's that simple to mm-hmm. get, instead of, oh, yeah, now oh, it's coming brought, back to me with, like... Which is such a... Yeah. It, I don't know. It's just... Um, he the says, whole scene seems so, like, he seems so, oh, don't worry. And, like, when he's getting arrested, like, oh, don't worry. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything's I didn't do okay. anything. This is fine. And then it... Which I genuinely don't remember how this plays out. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I don't even want to predict anything because if I just say the thing that happens, that's no fun. Um, but he says that he took his assistant Betty home during the time after the meeting, which is why it took him so long to get home. He also starts as soon as this, the question starts getting a little bit the questioning rather. As soon as the questioning starts getting a little heavier, he uh, requests to speak with his lawyer, um, and then he kind of says like. And Mackley says, all right, before the lawyer comes in, is there anything you need to tell me? And he seems confused. And then Mackley says, oh, Ruth Davenport's been killed, uh, been murdered, and Hastings' fingerprints were found at the apartment. Uh, Hastings is then escorted out to, to, to a cell, and he asks to speak with his wife, Phyllis. And then Mackley... It's a great scene. Like, I, I mean, I think it's, it's so It's really well compelling. I, like, I feel like... Lillard is one of those people who's like such a staple of my childhood, and then I'm like, oh, he's a genuinely well, he was, really talented yeah, guy. Yeah, we saw uh, he was one of the panels on like the Comic Con that the Twin Peaks cast was at uh-huh. once, and they were talking about, it, and he was like, I I didn't know how any of this fit into anything. Yeah, he's like, not a Twin Peaks fan. No, and oh. he's like, like I'm just kind of, and I was like, kind of just generically acting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what ha- what was going to happen with this character. I don't know how it fit into the greater storyline. Didn't care. And it was kind of funny, like I feel like because he kind of threw that out, and people were like, "Whoa, buddy, why, why?" And he was like, "It, it was a gig, man." Yeah. Like, oh, of course. Like he didn't care. Yeah, was, and we'll have we'll. And I think I think he was like, and then he was kind of went into the fact that like it's turning into like, I didn't realize that I was entering a world. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I thought, oh, cool, there's the new show. And I've you heard know of that show. Cool. Is in passing. Sure. That's completely different than how like intense people. Yeah, you're are. And I entering say, a world, and everyone's going to inspect everything that you do. Yeah. I mean, even like we are doing a podcast about Twin Peaks, and I was, yeah. I feel like we're at the halfway mark of people who are intense about Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm a big, big fan, and I still and you don't know like, shit compared to most people. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, real, a lot of people fans. are. Well, more first. Yeah. Hence the regular people part. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that happens to anything that's kind of culty or whatever mm-hmm. of like kind of stepping in the world. It's like, oh, everybody knows and cares about this. Okay, yeah. there's like a little segment of the world. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Mackley and Harrison go to the Hastings home with a group of officers with a warrant to search Bill's home and car. Um, inside their car, they find a creepy piece of flesh. Yeah. Um, and then the giant, or as they describe the man resembling the giant, watches the phonograph, and the episode ends. Okay, which isn't in that whole shot isn't in the combined version. The so if you watch it in the version that you is, you mean the giant, the shot yeah, of the giant. Okay. Yeah, that's that's just for the credits. Okay. Um, okay, we we're closer to the end than I thought. I, thought I felt like there I was you, still a lot more. Yeah, so most people watch this as a feature with the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it probably doesn't get broken down episode by episode as much. Sure. But we did two hours on this one episode, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, your this is different. So it's how do I? It's so different, but there are some things that feel the same. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just Lynch's kind of deft touch of this is too, he like, has a very signature look and feel of things. Yeah. And the, but he's telling a different story this time. The way the way you mentioned this earlier, the way Jerry evolved, the way Ben evolved, mm -hmm. Twin Peaks itself has evolved. Mm -hmm. It's different now. Um, so like, it's I don't know. It's the whole thing is just. I think he tries to tell you this. I think Lynch, as a director, tries to tell you this in that opening glass box sequence and how long it takes. Mm -hmm. Sit back. Relax. Let this happen to you. Don't go in expecting to like... The same, it was kind of the same thing with uh, um, like the end of... Or just with Firewalk With Me. Like, you're not, we're not going to go in and just resolve everything real quick. Like... Just yeah. take the just sit back. I think, relax. We're gonna we'll get there. Take this ride with us. I think David Lynch has an uncanny sense of how his audience consumes what he want, what he creates. Mm -hmm. Because he frequently so many times he's done this to us or for us as an audience. So 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 many times he's been like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Cooper just said I know who killed Laura Palmer. Yeah. You're gonna have to fucking wait for it. Though. Yeah. Like you do not. Like nothing comes quickly. <laughs> Who gives a shit how long a scene takes? Oh my god, it's such a it's, good. It's it's everything. Like yeah. that's why I'm so glad it was like but it's recorded about, and allowed. But like all of that it's is not what even it's, about how long an yeah, individual scene it. is. Live in is, it. Yeah. Be in the here. Be in the now. I wonder if David Lynch has whatever the opposite of ADD is. Of just like the ability like to a like, hyper focus of some kind. Yeah, because he's so. Patient. I guess that's what it is. Well, he just, like, um, if you ever watch The Art Life, it's a documentary about David Lynch and his art. Mm -hmm. And it's that. It's He talks about living the art life, which is just living art, essentially. Like, which is great when you're an established I, artist. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, but he, he got there. Yeah. Like he he got he didn't he wasn't like he didn't have like rich parents. No no no. I, you know I, what I mean? I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not no. accusing him. Of. Oh, for sure. He he's been granted the luxury of being able to live right. the art life, but he also like he he got he he got a scholarship to um, what do you call it? Uh, Film school. Was it Columbia College? No, but he he. Can we look it up? Philadelphia. He was in Philadelphia. Or, um, what's it called? Shit. Point being, he, his art got him scholarships. Sure. And then he was able to turn that into the next medium. And then he's, because, like, he's not a filmmaker by trade. Sure. He's an artist. Yeah. He does, he dabbles in all sorts of multimedia and all sorts of other things. Um, so it's interesting that. So he began his studies at the Corcoran School of the Arts and Design in Washington, D.C., and then transferred to the School of the Museum of Fine Arts, Boston, where he was roommates with Peter Wolf. Huh. Um, anyway. Um, it, it, he's, he, but he lives in his art, 
basically. Like, Mm -hmm. everything is inspiration. He knows how to draw from it. He knows how to, you know, save it for later, all that kind of stuff. And that's why so much of his stuff changes on set. Like, he'll write things in advance, but then on set we'll just be like, that's not what I'm feeling right now. Right now I'm, I'm... I'm struck with inspiration and I mm-hmm. want this and mm-hmm. he'll just do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I do feel like he... Uh, I get it. I get what he means of like just living your art. And it's funny that like sometimes I almost feel like I'm living that life but it's because I keep getting like laid off from places because <laughs> I'm a writer. Um, and some days I'm like, oh, it's okay if I get up at, you know, noon and cross-stitch and sell that shit on the internet or whatever. Sure. Like... I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's well, but it, and it's interesting. But it's also a privileged place of like I cross stitch and sell them so we can continue to pay our mortgage and stuff like that. But like if I but if I had my druthers, if I didn't have to worry about like making mortgage or paying for a dog's stupid expensive dog food, like what would I be doing with my life? And the answer is probably watching a lot more TV. Well, I mean, it's but like, would I be working on my book if I? Did not have any other shit to worry about. Yeah. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, yeah. I, it's it's all just... It's it's interesting because he's referred to as an auteur a lot. And I don't think that's true. I have a... I, I see an auteur as being like a Christopher Nolan or, um, you know, these people who write and direct but like... He's a filmmaker, and he does filmy things. David Lynch just cre- David Lynch is an artist more than an auteur, I think. And I think, I honestly, I think this Twin Peaks season three is the pinnacle of David Lynch's entire like artistic yeah, career. Honestly, and he's got all these like little subtle references back to his career. We can kind of start pulling those out, mm-hmm. like. All of his other films get like subtly referenced mm-hmm. several times by like does, recurring motifs or things like that that I find just fascinating. Like this almost felt like it was like a swan song for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not even that it feels like a swan song necessarily, but it feels like there's a word for it, and I cannot oh, fuck. I cannot think of it, but it is like all I'm thinking of is the Nutcracker, which I was in for for a mm-hmm. bunch of years of. The last, you know, five minutes before the end, it's a review almost of like, okay, we're going to have 12 bars of the flowers dance. We're going to do 12 bars of the coffee dance. We're going to do 12 bars of the Chinese Mm -hmm. dance. And like, it feels like a, like a grand finale more than a, more Mm -hmm. than a, Mm -hmm. than a swan song, which more feels like this is, this is my last thing that I'm going to do. This feels like a culmination. Sure. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Anyway. Yeah. But it's, but it is, it's, it's TV because he dabbled in tv a little bit it but it's approached like an 18 hour movie because he's a, a filmmaker that, primarily like the whole thing is that is the thing i'm gonna want to talk to you about because i saw in my movie facebook group somebody said do you consider twin peaks the return or whatever they called it mm-hmm. a movie or a television show and i was genuinely annoyed by it because it's I'm so sorry I bored you, Dottie. If you guys could hear, Dottie just made the loudest uh, yawn. Oh, we're talking about film versus TV again. No, I I am sort whatever. Like whatever David Lynch did is what David Lynch mm-hmm. did and what he defines it is is how he defines it. But I find it 
both condescending and annoying to be like, oh, no, 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 it's an 18-hour movie, not a TV show. Like, the difference, I, I, the difference is no other TV show has been filmed this way. In what way? It was all the things that happened in episode one, all the things that happened in episode 18 are shot, put out, we film everything, then we start editing it. And we break it out into, into hour-long parts rather than like... But it's breaking, broken out into episodes. But the thing is, in every other TV show, your episode one is already out and you're working on episode four or whatever. Like, Is that still true? Yeah, in, absolutely. Even in like The Queen's Gambit, you think... They have different directors on every episode of that. Yeah, I guess. I guess this is one person's entire solidified vision, and but that doesn't make it a movie. It's still because you. Who's going to release an eighteen-hour movie? But we have definitions for what's a movie versus what's a TV show, right? That's why. That's why they don't call it a TV show, and they didn't call it a. That's why Showtime didn't call it a TV show. They didn't call it a series. They didn't call it a movie. They called it a limited series event. For that reason. But we have those now. Like mini like miniseries or whatever are not uncommon. I feel like they're more sure. common now than it well, the British have always done it better. But for example, my favorite thing in the entire world is and then there were none. It's three hours. It's broken up into two or three episodes. It's a mini it's only three hours, which yeah, is I would call that a movie though. I'd absolutely call that a movie. Even though it's there's unless unless it was direct unless each part was directed by somebody different. And if it was all shot together, but they call it a miniseries. Don't they get to like late? Uh, no, because now I'm who, because disagreeing with myself. Who, who called it a miniseries? BBC. I don't know the exactly. Queen. <laughs> and and that's the that's Showtime calls this a limited series event. If David Lynch's approach was I'm making a movie, and he did, I think is I don't think he knew how long he was going to make, which is why you also get. Some sixty minute episodes, some fifty two minute episodes, which I do some forty eight like. minute because it's do, as long as that needs to be. I do think that's like sort of the joy of of streaming is there is absolutely no reason right. something has to be forty two minutes right. or, or forty eight minutes or twenty two minutes or whatever the the, the mm-hmm. shit is like that. Um, I do think that is a wonderful way to. St- I think it's a wonderful way to story tell, but I wonder if some people consider it like I need those boundaries Mm -hmm. of like if I am not limited to 44 minutes or whatever, it's going to be 75 minutes per episode. The key is is that like, okay, if I, if I'm, I shoot everything, we got principal photography is done. Mm -hmm. I shot everything. I'm going, what? How do I do? Great. I go into the editing room. I'm starting to edit everything. Mm-hmm. If I'm editing a movie and I'm editing this and I get to something in the third act and I was like, I like this. It doesn't get set up well enough back here at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and add that extra line of dialogue that we took out or vice versa or whatever it is because I think it better enhances okay, this thing uh, at the end or whatever. And And you keep going back and forth and adjusting the front to make the end better and the end to make the front better Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff if you put out an episode that's locked and tv locks it which is why you end up with those things all the time where they come back in the next season you're like what but it's not always how it happens are they always most i mean i i don't know of any other show that's ever i feel like front to back i would wonder if like devs 
did, but that's very recent because that's only whatever nine, ten episodes, and all Alex Garland. But even that is directed by different people each but when time. But we're talking about like the Stand, which was an HBO miniseries. Like sure. when you talk about miniseries, I think miniseries are a thing unto themselves. I think sure. miniseries are much more similar to movies. The difference, the difference is, and that's why I think miniseries works. I, and for, I, th- I think this would be a miniseries. I think that's fair to say. And I think something like the Stand would have been a four or five hour movie that they just chopped up we don't people don't have the attention span for that so we're cutting it into two nights um this is the same thing except for that it is a direct extension of an existing show okay so so it's tethered to tv because it's season three of a tv show so it's tethered to tv in that regard but then it becomes because it was made like a movie, it lives in this weird space. I think it was made like a miniseries. I think what you're describing But a is miniseries is made like a movie. And then it's That's forced into a miniseries after the fact by studios. I think forced is... No, I think when you set out to make a miniseries, you say, I don't think most I, people are setting out to make miniseries. You think John Adams, they thought they were going to make it a, a 90-minute feature, or a 120-minute feature, and it turned into an eight-episode? No, like, I, I think, think they, I think they set say, out... We have eight hours of shit, that a story we want to tell, and maybe it'll be successful. But a show like eight. that, I didn't watch that, but if that's what it is, I would have considered that a TV show. But then, okay, I don't think I understand what's the difference between a TV show and a miniseries to you, then. How it was, like, at the start, how it was foreseen. How how are we approaching this entire project? Most... And if you're approaching the entire story front to back 100% in pre-production, that's a movie. And then the deliverable is a miniseries. Okay. David Lynch made a movie and the Showtime gave you a miniseries. Okay, but I'm thinking of things like St. Orange is New Black is the first thing I thought of. They okay. didn't film like a traditional TV show. They, I, uh, my understanding is they had a, they filmed it as one way, and I think that's what's happening now in stream when they drop a whole season at once. It's because they have the show start to finish, ready to go. With Twelve different directors. But each, is it always? Usually. Okay. Most most television. So you're saying that it's being filmed episodic is the thing. Exactly. Okay. okay. Exactly. Okay. okay. You're That's filming we were. an That's episode one at a time. He didn't even know where scenes were going to place okay. in this. Okay. I just have things that I need to film. We'll figure out where they go. Because he okay. didn't know that I'm this scene was going to be in episode is. one or episode nine. Who knows? We'll sure. figure that out when we get there. The whole, the same way of like, you know, you're making a movie. Is this going to happen here three scenes later or sure. whatever? Like, that's the approach. And, you know, those actors on... Yeah, Orange is the News Black or whatever, for example, are are filming one episode while another episode is in edit, while another episode is in pre-production. Like, mm-hmm. all of those things are happening simultaneously I, so they can spit more out. Okay, I understand what you mean. I understand the difference. So that's TV. And then they're just dropping them all together now because people need everything now, 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 now. Right, but I just would assume... I, I guess my having a different director per episode didn't occur to me because my thought was like Orange the New Black they have a story to tell they have 10 episodes or whatever and they know the storylines of each character and that's why a showrunner is important sure. and, and you look at a, a, a Twin Peaks season 3 and there's no showrunner yeah because you have an executive producer who's yeah. 
Sabrina Southern wears a hundred hats and yeah. is incredible. And he's like nicer than she has any right oh, to God. be. She's a delight. How dare she be that yeah, nice? She's wonderful, wonderful person. Okay. Well, we anyway, that's <laughs> that's my but like that's the thing. It's open like anything, open for interpretation. Sure. But that's that's how I see it. Is it, it all it all has to do with the approach and how it was designed. Sure. And then and then basically he just what's what's the closest spot where I can put in a credit sequence mm-hmm. close to an hour. And so sometimes it's 48 minutes, sometimes it's sure. 56 minutes, 100 under, you know, well, and you five. can see that with, with again, and then there are none, which is like my comfort show for some sure. reason. It doesn't make any sense. But like the first time I saw it, it was in three ep- three one-hour episodes. Mm-hmm. And now the way I own it on Prime, it's two 90-minute episodes. But you can definitely see like the moment that the first quote-unquote hour episode would have ended. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see those like end marks. Well, they're building up to an ending. They yeah. have these like mini cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with... Uh, um, like most British shows, I feel like the British shows are kind of a different elephant. They, yeah, elephant they, is not they're an expression. different, what? a different, a horse of a different color. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, British shows tend to have a start and finish, and like that American television starts a show and they have no idea where it's going. Or they have three seasons and hopefully they get that far. Yeah, we'll then, figure it out when we yeah, get yeah. there. And it's infuriating because that's why you have so many shows that start off really great and end horribly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lost. Um, Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, boy. Basically, like... We were just talking about, like, appointment TV that we used to watch that, like... That's all garbage. I Like, that's why I don't like TV nearly as much as I like movies is, like... You though that coherent vision is very rare in television. Well, I think you and I have such a different approach in like what we find interesting in stories in general. I think I tend to be a little more attached to characters and and things like that. So I'm a little more forgiving than you of being like, okay, like I'll see this character that I'm attached to in this weird new environment and like maybe it's not great. I feel like you are a little bit more I need a beginning, middle, and end. I, I want you're, you're plot focused. I'm character focused. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just I I want because because it's same thing with like if characters that I love when they get handled poorly because some new writer came in and like sure. when they all of a sudden do something that seems completely out what of... What if they're a superhero now? <laughs> yeah, like completely out of character for me. That's yeah. infuriating, and it it becomes a it's. I don't know how to explain it, but it, it it's a coherent vision or focus that I love. Mm-hmm. And if I can see that, sure. And it, everything looks and seems intentional. I feel like I can tell. Sure. And television often tends to be outside of the sitcom, mm-hmm. which I think is a little bit more forgiving. Of like, sure. I don't really care because it's we told this story this episode. We told well, this story that episode. And I feel like episode. each episode was a lot yeah. more I, I don't care as much. Like, I'll, I enjoy The Office or Parks and Rec much more. I, I'm willing to forgive bad episodes or seasons a lot more than I am The Walking Dead or Lost. And it's 22-minute bad episode. It's much sure. easier to choke sure. down. Okay, Michael. Whew. You know what's funny is we started this at 6. It's... 8.37 now, and I made a funny, funny joke and said I have a appointment with Lee and Amanda to watch 
TV at nine o'clock. So can we make sure we kill it by then? It was like, ha ha ha, three hours. That's so much time. Anyway, I only have 20 minutes to make it to to the couch for my next appointment for the Mm -hmm. evening. Um, Michael, this is enjoy as always. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No. I I just feel like. First of all, fuck you. (laughs) I feel like this episode was just (laughs) really, really meandering. And well, I think we were. I kind of. I feel. I kind of feel like I might have to apologize to people for listening to this. (laughs) Like maybe, but I mean, the first half hour was just talking about what this third season meant to you. And yeah. what it meant when it was coming up. So I think, wh- listen, every episode of this season is not going to be two hours and fifteen minutes as of now. Hopefully, hopefully it's much shorter because I will have <laughs> cut out a bunch of shit. Um, no, it's not all going to be this meandering. I think we just wanted to kind of establish, mm-hmm. you know, because this is a thing we both watched together as it yeah, came like in. The, like I can, I remember watching each episode. Yeah, and, and I don't have that the same for right. the original series but yeah, when you were a child yeah that's true okay well <laughs> anyway that went a long time love you guys we'll talk to you later sorry bye <laughs> thank you for listening to cooper duper at twin peaks podcast for regular people hosted by michael greif and me jessica bloomke greif our podcast logo is by Foraker Creative. You can follow them at Foraker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>